Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host, Toby Morris. They have a very, very special guest. This woman is uh, the mother of my child, my wife, my best friend, my lover, my everything. Uh, welcome to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Moon Morse. Hello. So, Mama, before we get into like how we met and all that stuff and the year we met and all the crazy things we've been through together, I want to take it back a little bit so people can learn about you and where you're from. I know, obviously, you're born in Chicago. Um, Joliet. Joliet. Yeah. Um, no brothers or sisters. Nope. Single none. mom. Yep. Of course. Awesome, mom. Yes. Um, so how was it for you growing up, and how did you get into end up getting into the punk rock scene? Like, how did you find it? I've heard you ask this question to people over and over, and I started thinking, and I've thought about this in the past. People, everybody I know has that one defining moment of so-and-so brought the record to me. You know, my older brother brought the Sex record. Sex Pistols or something, yeah. Someone has a story. I don't know. I don't have a story. Okay. I don't know what happened, and all of a sudden, I had like it was new wave for me. Yeah, I saw you. We posted pictures into. of your hair. You got some wild hair, babe. <laughs> got but some like wild to me, I had one other girlfriend in my high school, and we were like we thought we were punk. Yeah, and I look at the pictures, and I'm like, we were new wave flock of seagull style people. Yeah, but we went to like punk shows. We went to like the dance club. Yeah, all that stuff, and. I, I guess if I thought I was punk, that's what we are. We what year were. was that? What year? How old were you? Um, junior in high school. All right, junior in high school. And then all of a sudden, like, I went from being preppy freshman, sophomore year, listening to Michael Jackson and Prince, mm-hmm. to coming back the next year being like, this is me. Yeah. Black lipstick. Goth. You know. Emo goth, y- kind of? Yeah. Yeah. Even. So it was a big mushmash. But I also talk about Chicago shows being a mushmash. Like, I would go see Agnostic Front, and there would be metalheads. Yeah. The jocks. It's awesome. Punk rockers, new wavers. It was all... All mixed. Everything mixed. It yeah. wasn't segregated until later on. Yeah. So, like I said, there was nothing defining. All of a sudden, I just had a Dead Kennedys cassette. Mm-hmm. Thought it was the greatest thing ever. And then you started going to shows into the city. Yes. Yeah. And you were driving by yourself at that point, probably. Actually, now I think of it, too. Um, the street I lived in in Chicago, my aunt lived on there, too. I moved in with her first, and then I got my own apartment in there. And down the street was this place called The Alley. Okay. And it became a giant place years later. We sell t-shirts and stuff, right? Yes. Yeah. But the beginning store was in this small downstairs where it was like every shirt, kind of like on St. Mark's, when like mm-hmm. a thousand shirts packed into one and I remember yeah. like three shirts for nine ninety nine and I got a dead Kennedy shirt barely even knowing the music. Nice. Total poser. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like, oh my God, that's that place. We yeah. gotta go get the shirts and it's like the crazy people are there. Yeah. So that's I don't know, it just happened. Yeah. So how were you growing up with your in in home? Like I know your dad left at what age? Little. Little. How, how like little? five or six. He didn't leave. He got kicked out. He got kicked out. I never really saw him after that. Here and there in the bushes, but I never really, I didn't visit with him. Yeah. He was just kind of in and out of your life, kind of popping in and out. Yeah. He would come in the store I worked at when I was a teenager and like peek at through the aisle, like the other aisle. Or he would bring in relatives of mine to peek and stare at me. Be like, and I could hear him like, that's her. (laughs) That's creepy. It It was creep style. Yeah. Um... I don't know how deep you want to get with your dad. But obviously, your dad 
did a lot of crazy things and put you guys' lives in jeopardy. And your mom was really tough, and your mom raised you um, to be a wonderful woman. And your mom's super tough too. And uh, your dad was just kind of like not a good dad. I mean, was he? I mean, just you remember? Good? You have good memories about him? Um, no, not really. Not yeah. no good memories. Like he actually called to see if he could see Max. And he had asked me about similar situation, like, you know, do you have any good memories? I said, yeah, when you burned that building down or when you left me in the car to go inside to shoot heroin and nod it out and left me outside in, you know, 20 below weather. So I actually have fond memories of that because I'm here right now because of those things. True. I'm glad he left. I'm glad he left my mom poor. She gets mad and says she gets bummed when I say we were lower class. Shout out to you, Kathy. Because I think she thinks lower class. She equates it with like, I don't know, blowing your nose or, you know, like she equates it with being a pig. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying she was poor and I'm glad we were poor because I am save money now. Build the car- yeah, you taught me how to save money too. Yeah. Um, you became um, smart with money, smart with surviving. All Everybody that stuff. I know from youth that had money is struggling now. And all the people I know that were poor growing up is doing well for themselves now yeah as a and i i think that's why it builds character too sure you've had I some have a lot of character you've had some crazy times like um any any scary moments you can talk about with your dad anything scary or possibly thought your life could be over or one time this is kind of funny is uh he had a slug bug yeah and his family was all in church Front row church goers. Yeah. You know, those kind of people go to church all the time. And he was, is white guy, long stringy, brown hair, greasy, kind of like what you think Jesus looks like. Of yeah. The, you know, the, this Jesus that we know. And <laughs> this one. we're in church <laughs> and the he got in a really bad car accident, smashed his slug bug and the church doors flung open. Like in the movies. In the movie. It was like a movie. And everyone turns around and <gasps> it was him covered in blood. Damn. Looking like Jesus. And see, people thought it was like the coming of Christ. Or <laughs> it was really right kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> and how old were you when that happened? I don't know. Seven. Six or seven. A Damn. lot of the stuff stopped happening around then because yeah. my mom was, it was brought to her attention about the leaving me in the car. And okay. she, she was like, you're not going with him anymore. I didn't tell her. Someone else told her. Hey, saw your daughter in the car. And oh, they man. bought me into the party. And then, you know, oh, someone right. else you, told. You went to a party. Yeah. Okay. 70s heroin party. So, yeah, because you were safer in the car, actually, thinking about <laughs> it. Yeah. And then they bring... So you were around drugs at a really young age then. Yeah. Drugs and drinking and all that stuff. Yes. I'm surprised you, you, didn't, you didn't go that route. I don't know if there was drinking, but there was a lot of drugs. Yeah. So what? When they, when they got separated, your dad would take you sometimes, and your mom would you mostly stay with your mom. But your dad would take you sometimes. That's when you I was always with my mom. Yeah, my dad just probably took me five times total, it's and cra- always was a big adventure. It's crazy back then we had no seatbelts in those kind of cars either. Which <laughs> is no, kind of wild. Yeah, style. I remember being doing always standing on my head in the back of the car or like rolling around playing Barbies flipping. down on the floor. One of my mom's cars had a hole in the front, so I always had to be in the back. I like the Flintstones. The, yeah, you could see the car. Wow. <laughs> um, and then you, you, you li- your mom lives near where the prison is from um, Blues Brothers. That's yeah, pretty like awesome. Yeah, like 10 minutes from there. Yeah. And it's cool because our family loves the Blues Brothers movie because of you, and you've taken Max to all those original places. 
where everything was filmed. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, I like doing that. Um, so you started going to shows at a young age um, and experienced the, the, the punk rock scene in Chicago. And then you also had a, you also had a, you had a crew called Chicks, Chicks Up Front Posse. When did that start and why, how did that start? Because it's always been like a really manly thing, punk scene. We know that. Yeah, obviously. it was mostly dudes. But like I said, like going to shows, Circle Jerks was my first show. It was like a thousand people. A lot of, crazy. You know, there was always like good shows there. And then when it broke off into hardcore, there was a handful of girls that we were like, it was mostly a predominantly boy scene. Yeah. You know, we'd go to shows and it'd be like, you know, 200 dudes and four four girls <laughs> <That's so true. laughs> and it was like a joke like oh hold my jacket you're, you're yeah. the girlfriend and and there was a handful of girls who were like we're not the fucking girlfriends or you know yeah, we're, we're not, not gonna we're gonna gonna hold your jacket so yeah. we were like we're going up front we're gonna go dance and we're gonna you know so we were always that was it some girls i think took it way more serious and chicks up front posse yeah but it was fun it's awesome and i'm still friends with those girls yeah, today. for sure, They're awesome girls. Um, so and then then out there, you just working and living in Chicago and um, going to shows. And your mom was totally was your mom worried about you when you started going to shows and looking wild and stuff? Yeah, because I also, I mean, not that I was also a vegetarian, so it was like yeah, that's right, a small town. I don't eat meat, and I had black lipstick and you know fluck a seagull's hair it was like what the <laughs> hell's wrong with her oh it's a phase and then years and years had passed and i remember my mom saying everyone told me this was going to be a phase mm. and i'm like no it's not a phase it's crazy how our parents now kind of come around to being vegetarian and vegan but back then it was just so it was so crazy to him it was so foreign you know yeah the day i said i'm vegetarian was on thanksgiving and I remember because I refused to eat it. I was like, I'm done. I had quit before that, but that was the day I was like, foot down, I'm not eating this anymore. Yeah. And then later on when I became vegan, my mom used to send me care packages in college. And I, I remember getting like a planter's Cheetos or something yeah. and popping one in my mouth and thinking, oh my God, I can't eat this. And that was around Easter. So Damn. it was like Thanksgiving, I went vegetarian. And on a Easter, I went vegan. What inspired you to do that? Um, being vegetarian, I just didn't like meat. Yeah. And that girl I was telling you, Carlin, um, her and I were both vegetarians and no, you know, same thing. No For reason. I was like, I like, I like animals are cute. Why the hell am I going to eat them? Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and then vegan was cause I read diet for a new America before yeah. I was even finished reading it. I was like, I'm not eating this. No yeah. way. Is that when you adopted a cow? Yes. Awesome. So what did you want to do when you graduated from school? Because then you went to college in normal. Yeah, normal what Illinois. What did you want to do? Sociology. I went to for criminal justice uh -huh. and then switched majors, sociology. And then right out of college, I started bartending. Yeah. So, you know, used that really wisely. But what about air traffic controlling? Because you did really I well did that, that test. after. Yeah, I did that after because I didn't really want to be a social worker. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, what should I do? Yeah. I wanted to be a flight attendant because I wanted to travel. Yeah. And they didn't really pay well. So I was like, well, I'll take the air traffic controlling exam, which is awesome. the number one stressful, high sui highest suicide rate ever. I'm sure. And I passed with 100. That's awesome. There I was extra credit. Anyway, That's I got 100. Though. And there was a hiring freeze. And then by the time they stopped the hiring freeze, I was already living in New York. And yeah. it just wasn't. It just, I mean, they also have an age limit on that too. You can't 
start that later on either because okay. it's super stressful. So you end up start you start traveling, going to shows too, or like around the area, obviously. Yes. Yeah, and then you ended up. In, so let's just get. To, I mean, then let's get to 1992 when you know I'm working with Sick of It All, and I come out to DC, and you're there to see Sick of It All with your friend Lisa. I was with no, I wasn't with Lisa. That was another show after oh, that. Okay. But in DC, I think I was with Kim, and then Margaret and Daisy lived there. Went to go see Sick of It All. Yeah. And um, that's when I saw you. Yeah, and I was there too. I was there as a roadie. Had a cane. Had my head shaved. And I was like, um, ooh, that boy's cute. And, I had my, and we saw, and we met each other there briefly. And then you came to the next show. It was in high Ohio. Was that the same tour? I think so. Was okay. it a snow blizzard out there or something? Yes. And I drove. I was like, Lisa, you have to see this band. And we drove. Oh, she, okay. It was like a five-hour yeah, drive. DC, yeah. And um, I entered. I met Pete yep. introduced her, and they immediately were like. Connected. Yeah. So then shortly after that, I met you. And then after that tour, Pete was going to fly out to Chicago to see Lisa. And so he's like, want to come with me? You can see that girl moon. Then we came out. We hung out there. And then she decided that she was going to move to New York for the summer to be with Pete. And you're like, I'll go with you. I had talked about moving to California or New York and I couldn't decide. And then actually being doing the air traffic controlling, that was also like, where could I go? Where could I go? And that was those were two options on my you know, like they had a check thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Lisa was like, let's just go to New York for the summer. And we did. And I was like, sure. Did you have a picture? You had a photo of me too? What do you mean? I thought you like carried a photo of me or something. You took a picture of me in D.C. I don't with, know what with, you're with your smartphone in 1992. <laughs> 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 no. So then we go to Chicago and then um, and I see you out there. We hang out there and you come back to New York and um, you move into the city. And as soon as my wife came to the city, you know, she's this really beautiful woman coming to New York City, always roller skating with mini skirts on, wearing, wearing grandma panties underneath. And all the mm-hmm. dudes just swooped in, like every single person that's going to be on this next season of this podcast. I love you all. They're, they're all my friends. But they didn't know that a lot of those dudes tried to ask my wife on dates because she was like the fresh, fresh, beautiful woman on the scene. Well, because um, there was no girls around. Yeah. So it was like, yeah. I, I remember seeing actually two specific guys that I saw during the day. They didn't even like, barely look over towards me and then later you know the four in the morning after work my hair done makeup on mm-hmm. and they're like hey want to <laughs> go out and i'd be like no oh my god that's so and so from such and such band no way so so we started hanging out you know i come from being um cheated on by jenny strickland in southern maryland it broke my heart i didn't trust any women so i was kind of a dick to you um kind of playing hard to get but you still pursued me and we started just hanging out and I tricked you though. Every, cause all those guys that were asking me out, they'd say, Hey, you want to go out? And I'd say to you, so-and-so asked me out and you go, I want to hang out. <laughs> and then of course that, you know, that night would come around and there's no cell phones and you just wouldn't show up or wouldn't call mm. me. And I'd be like, fuck that guy's a dick. <laughs> and it would happen every week after week. And then finally I was like, you know what? Screw you. So <laughs> I was living in Jersey City at the time, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you lived in the city. Yeah. And so I would. Uh, so we started hanging out, and then um, on and off hanging out, and then finally, um, I found out you're going to get married. Yes, because you wouldn't go on a date with me. Yes, yeah, so Moon was going to marry this guy. So I thought I'd Could get I say married. his name or no? I don't care. And Moon was going to marry the snowboarder named Michael Rankwood. What up, Mike? Um, they were about to get married. Me and you have been really close friends. I remember you and Mike even came to my first stage tour show in 90, 90, 1994. 
And then I was upstairs in my house in Jersey City. And my friend Stevie G is like, yo, man, you heard about Moon? I'm like, what? She's like, she's getting married. I'm like, what? No fucking way. And like my heart dropped. I don't even know if I ran downstairs and saw you, but I was like, no, way. I got to tell this girl that I fucking, I, I, I love her. Like she's like my best friend. And, I, and then I thought, oh, sure you do. And it's the same thing as all the other dates from prior. Yeah. You only like me because this guy likes me. You might me. be taken. Yeah, or gone. Yep. So I was like, forget but it. So anyway, I went and spilled my guts to you and like, you know, we had messed we had messed around, but nothing like the big the big deal. And so I started like not while I was with. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. And I start I started setting my alarms every night in Jersey City, and I would take the path train in the city, and I would walk you home from the Palladium or Limelight, walk you back to your crib, then I go back home and sleep in miles in Jersey City, just like earning it, like trying to earn like earn your yeah, trust. Yeah, because I was for sure like, oh, you're gonna change your mind. Yeah, so I kept doing that and doing that, and then slowly started letting me sleep at the crib, but not nothing happened. Like I'd sleep in my clothes or whatever. But I remember like. Sleeping behind you, like spooning you, getting a boner, and trying to turn over, and not be so embarrassed, and, <laughs> and I'd be I'd be staying at your crib all the time, and then um, and then finally I don't know what happened. Like oh yeah, then you came out to visit me. Then like we, I did the tour in 1995, sick of it all, Siv, and sick of it all for six weeks, and you and you and Allie came out there to visit, right? Yep. And then we came on that tour, and we had been hanging out, been hanging out, and then we finally waited. I remember we, we had sex for the first time. We were in Rome by the Colosseum. That was awesome. Yep. And we did in the bathroom. And we went and told Siv and Allie. Yeah, we broke the toilet in the bathroom too. We did in the bathroom too. And we had waited for so long to like make love. And we did it there. And that was amazing. And so everybody knew we were boyfriend and girlfriend. And you came out on that tour. And then we came back. And I think we even moved in together back then. No, I was still in Jersey City. Um, yeah, all of a sudden you just lived with me. But before, I lived in a 10 by 10 room. Yeah. And all of a sudden you were there. And I was like used to having a boyfriend that lived across America. And yeah. I thought, oh my God. God, I need space. <laughs> like, this room's too small for two people. And then I remember you came to visit me in Jersey City before we had cell phones and tell the people what happened. Um, Call tunnel, babe. Well, like you said earlier, I used to roller skate everywhere. Yes. And that was when roller blades were, like, becoming cool, and it was, like, signs all over New York that said no rollerblading. This is, that's kind of irrelevant. Yeah. But anyway, I was heading towards Jersey City from the, from Manhattan, and it was a holiday weekend, big parade, and there was cops of every color, like, you know, blue outfit, green outfit, yeah, yeah, maroon, yeah. or whatever they were. Yeah. Um, there's a point to that. So okay. later on, which way is the Holland Tunnel? That way, that way. So I ride through the Holland Tunnel, but as I'm riding, all these cars are honking at me, and then I get towards the end, and I see cop lights. And it was still daytime, but I think, like, wow, what happened? Yeah. And I get out there, and there's two or three cop cars and all these cops standing out like waving me over and i thought what the heck happened they were waiting for me <laughs> you can't ride through the hall and tell you <laughs> bicycle like, ladies and gentlemen you can't do this <laughs> <laughs> and um they're gonna arrest you when you got through the other side or yeah they made me go you know to the police station yeah and the sergeant's name was lou and he was like, I need to, you know, know who you are. Where's your ID? I'm like, I don't have an ID. Mm. I, I was just, you know, riding around. Yeah. Why, why do you, you know, do you have a credit card? Did you have pink no. hair then too? Yes. Oh, shit. So the the guy ends up, I, for some reason, I remember Pete's phone number. Yeah. Pete's sake of all, ladies and gentlemen. Pete, he calls Pete's house. Lisa, my best friend, yep. is there, yeah. luckily, because the cop calls. Pete answers the phone. Who's this? Mm -hmm. Pete's like, you called me. Who the fuck's this? Yeah. And and then I guess he said like, Sergeant, da, 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 da. And Pete goes, I knew it was you before. Damn. I don't know how he knew. Yeah. But 
We have your friend here with the pink hair in the Holland Tunnel. Yeah, what's her name? And luckily, I don't know if Pete knew what my name was at the time, but Lisa said yeah. this is her name, and then they let me go. Damn, and then you but got... But they had a list of, like, you you know, all kinds of stuff they tried saying they were going to arrest me You're for. You're lucky that you didn't get arrested when you got through the Holland Tunnel, though. I'm lucky. But that was true love, because you came to visit me. There's no cell phones back. You're going to surprise me. And okay, so they let me go. Mm -hmm. I get to your house. Phone first. <laughs> you weren't there <laughs> so the surprise was on me but then you had no money to get back so how'd you get back they let you go on the train for free or something yes or no? okay that's cool they did that that's cool but i mean so you what you went to talk to somebody at the path train after you went to my house and this one yeah I don't, I don't know the 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 guy the cop actually said like you know you can go back you just this and that and yeah let me go through so then, then but i made a side drop to go see you thank you, you baby. i wasn't home so then you started going on tour with us too so um you be you no, start because you had just started. Yeah. And when I went with Ali to Europe, that was like your first tour. First tour. And then I was still working. Yeah. You know, doing whatever. And you were on tour with Murphy's Law and you're like, You have to come with ninety six. I, I don't want to do this without you. And I was like, What's it's just a tour. And then, <laughs> you know, you came up with a job for me. Yeah. So then Moon started selling merch with us like in late ninety six, all the way through what, two thousand. So I didn't do one or two tours and that was it. Yeah, so Moon started coming on tour with us, fucking Grinding out there, all the warp tours. I mean, shit. There was crazy shit going on that all those tours. And Moon was in the van with a bunch of dudes, like pissing in bottles. And Moon pissing big gulp cups. I remember one time Moon pissing in the bottle and a uh, big gulp cup, and I threw out the window. It splashed all in my face. That was fucking <laughs> crazy. Just like all the crazy tour stuff. I'm um, sure there's a ton of wives and girlfriends that go through this, but yeah, you gotta I, be built for that shit. Though. Oh, you definitely have to have a different kind of mental capacity yeah. for that. But yeah. I was always trying to prove that I was not your wife yeah. on the tour because I didn't want like any favoritism, anything to be favorite. So yeah. when I'd be like, okay, we're in Japan, the crew goes on the, the bullet train and the band goes on the plane. Yeah. You'd be like, you're my wife. You have to come with me. And I'd say, <laughs> no, I have to go with the crew Yeah, yeah, yeah. in the van or the yeah. whatever. And, yeah. and it was always a struggle or okay, let's put a vote. Who wants to go on to the next city first? Mm -hmm. Everyone wanted to stay and party. And I'd be like, no, we got to set up merch the next day. Very professional, babe. So that was a catch because I was trying to always over be a worker. And like one summer, I didn't leave the Warped Tour tent to even go to the bathroom yeah. for an entire summer. Yeah, it's hard to separate the two sometimes too, like the wife and then the worker. I, I, you know what well, I mean? Well, because then like, you know, your brother's in the band and, yeah. and then, you know, workers and or bandmates that would see me as your wife even though i was doing everything i could to not be the wife mm -hmm. that it's sucked all, it's all yeah and you busted your ass too mom you worked really hard and i remember we, rusty built like this pink uh merch case this big heavy ass wooden case for all the merch and we, <laughs> we have to lug that into all the so shows we could steal with wheels yeah because it, it was little compartments in there so when you go in the venue sometimes it would take like 25 30 percent and have to do a, you have to do a count in so we'd have these secret compartments in this thing so moon could we could Hide give, it. We could bring moon merch all through the night, so she starts adding more merch, so the counts works in our benefit, right? Because then yep. it take a lot of money from us. And then there was like, you know, when you're out there selling merch all day long in the fucking hot sun, there's people stealing from people you. Yeah, you get rage, like some like warped rage, right? Yeah. Um, and there was a particular time when the somebody tried reaching over to your mom and stealing some patches or pins, and Rusty was in. Tell that story, please. No, well, so actually, it was on the warp tour, mm -hmm. and a kid took a CD right off the pink thing. Yeah. And it was like duct tape down. He ripped it right off. I heard. Yeah. And he went to turn around and Rusty just happened to be there talking to someone. 
and put his hand out like, I got you. Mm-hmm. And he brought him over to me. And I literally like, my head flew off and I punched him. And I felt his nose break it was on my hand. It and was it was crazy, like, babe. I'm not strong. It was just You're a lucky strong, punch. Yeah. And he was way bigger than me, that kid. And uh, the story is, I think it was like Lagwagon or Nofex. They were like, the kid went over to their tent and sat in it with a bloody nose, crying the rest of the day. Like, All this day? girl punched me. No, 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 no. My dad's going to pick me up. And I thought, what are you going to tell your dad? You were like dancing because then he's going to think it's unsafe. Mm-hmm. Or are you going to say I was stealing and a yeah. girl punched me? Yeah. Like, that's a lose-lose situation. Yeah. We had some crazy times on I tour. always wonder where that kid is, if he still goes to shows, if if, if anything. <laughs> I always think about stuff like that. Um, I wouldn't have to get into too many too much details though, but there was a time on that on the Misfits tour where there was a fight with some with some uh, Nazis at our show and you get in the middle of it and you end up getting arrested. I had to bail you out five hundred dollars that night. That was fucking stressful. That was not fun. Springfield, Missouri. Yeah, it was not fun. Um, and then what else? What else happened on that? We had some crazy times on the tour. I mean, baby. there was a lot of fights. Yeah, we had to fight when Rusty and those guys fought those bouncers. Yeah, that was like Fred Flintstone fighting. <laughs> he was or like the whack-a-mole. Rusty would knock a dude down, and the other guy would get up, and he'd knock him down again. Um, so then we got married on tour, baby, 1996. Yep. That was pretty amazing. Now, Bisbee, Arizona, and Tombstone. I think it was at the end of the Murphy's Law tour. I don't know if you remember this, but because I don't even know if there were cell, we had a cell phone or not, mm. but Rusty was driving the van, and it was like, okay, we're going to be at the courthouse at this time. Yeah. That's it. See you there. Yeah. And <laughs> no phones. And the and it was in Bisbee or Tombstone. Yeah. And we were in a hotel getting ready. Yeah. And I saw the van go by and I had on my wedding dress hmm. and I saw and I went running out after the van like, hey, hey, you guys were over here. And I think <laughs> like people were probably like, oh, my God, the dude left her. She's running after oh, him. Oh, shit. That's funny. That was an amazing day. It was like your mom flew out. It was uh, Todd Friend, Todd Morris, Rusty, Jerry Waldron. That was pretty much it. Us, yeah, that's it. That's at the it. wedding. And why? Why did we pick that place? Just because we were into that stuff at the I time. I think we were gonna go to the trailer park. Yeah, Bisbee, anyway. Arizona. Yeah, we stayed in Bisbee and for a honeymoon. And Tombstone's like twenty minutes from there. Yeah. So we were like, let's just you know get married there. Yeah, I think our parents were kind of bummed because we didn't really plan it. We kind of winged it. Yeah, I think my mom. I was like, hey, I'm getting married, and she was like, what? And I said, bring my wedding dress. <laughs> Because I had it from um. <laughs> the other wedding. Oh, Jesus. So <laughs> why do we pick Bisbee, Arizona to go to the trailer park? Because you, 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 my wife loves Airstream trailers. So that just worked out perfect. Because right? there happened to be a trailer park that opened. And that was the first year it was open. Yeah. And when you know we stayed there when we got married, we there's a photo of us in their brochure. There is? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. And then when we went back with Max, they didn't allow kids. But I didn't know. Remember, we showed up at three in the morning. Yeah. And they're like, no kids. And we're yeah. like, what? Yeah. But um, I said, like, we're in the brochure. Keep <laughs> <laughs> with that light on a bit. I can do it. And then we, um, and then we, uh, what was I going to say after that? Oh, we got our wedding bands there for like $14. Talk about those wedding bands. $12. We $12 where? I, I don't know. I think it was in just like some random shop. Um, I remember thinking, because True Romance was, I wanted to get, Horseshoe rings. Oh, yeah, for true romance. And I'm yeah. glad that I, we didn't know because so many people have those. Yeah, but back then they didn't. But um, 
we couldn't find any rings. We were in L.A. like the week before that. Yeah. We looked everywhere, yeah. couldn't find anything. So we got just regular $12 bands. And we're still wearing them. They say true romance inside of them. Yeah. It's pretty amazing. So after that, we came back to New York. We had a huge reception at Beauty Bar where you worked, and that was pretty amazing. All of our friends came out. and um, I think that's – people ask all the time, and they spend so much money on weddings. Yeah. I think that people should always just elope and then have a party. I like that. Because then it's like smart. you can invite your friends. And yeah. you're not, I mean, people nowadays aren't don't know each other and then get married and need a toaster oven. And don't get married by Elvis either in Vegas because we have a lot of friends that have bad luck with that. Yeah, that's bad luck. So then we came back. We got we had got married. And so um, there was it seemed to be like there was like a lot of people that were kind of surprised. And because, you know, we kind of had we kind of hid like our hanging out. I definitely got a second chance when you baby and I appreciate that. Um, I was definitely scared. When I found out you were getting married, you were living downstairs in Jersey City in our apartment. It was, we lived in this place in Jersey City off Grove Street. Um, what are you doing, babe? And, and Moon's, Moon's room was like Alcatraz prison cell downstairs with its own bathroom. Had a twin bed. And we all lived in this house in Jersey City together. And um, that's when I got the news. Anyway, that's a little re- rewind there. But um, it was cool because I started going to all the shows at Palladium Limelight where you worked. That was pretty amazing. I got to see all the hip hop shows at Wu Tang and. Tribe Called Quest and Mary J. Blige. Yeah, so many great groups. Who was like who was like the best tipper and who was the worst tipper at that when you worked there, babe? Um Well, I had like a, a little boy that I ended up finding out later. He was like a sugar mama, sugar daddy. You had a sugar daddy to there? me. Yeah, but he was younger than me. Jesus. And his first drink he ordered a rum and coke and gave me a hundred dollars. Keep the change. Jesus. And every he probably got four to six, seven drinks a night. And always gave a hundred dollars. Damn. And at that same time, I had another dude doing the same thing, but like you know, sixty dollars plus all the all the drug addicts and druggy like yeah. club kid people that were there. Yeah. I was charging for water, so I was making like you know thousand dollars a night. Damn. There. Yeah. Between those, but that boy. Sometimes I run into him in to nineteen ninety nine. I think. When you look at the cartoon character with the bubble above it, with the steak, like the guy wants to eat you, yeah. I think he looked at me with the money above his head, like I gave you all my money. Oh <laughs> shit! Because I think he had gotten a large inheritance yeah. and spent it all between me and one other girl that worked at Limelight, Liz. Wow! But her boyfriend was like, "Dude, quit giving my girl money." Yeah. So I got more of it. That's crazy. So who was a good tipper though, and a bad tipper in hip hop? Because so many um, hip hop artists came there. 99% of hip-hop tips terribly. But Ella Cool J was good? He, um, his handler, I, I don't know, I served 20 his drinks assistant. to him. His assistant. Tipped me $1 after serving, like, you know, 20 drinks. And he said, hey, my guy got you? I said, yeah, you know what? Here, you take this back. You might you might need it more than me. <laughs> he gave me his dollar back? And he back? looked at me like I was crazy. And I said, he gave me a dollar. And he Damn. looked at the guy and he goes what the hell? Yeah. And then, you know, handed out a hundred dollars to me. Damn. So he was embarrassed. Yeah. Um, you said slick t- Rick was amazing. Awesome. Great tipper. I don't know. LB sure is not necessarily rap, but he's he, R&B. he would come in and give me $50 every night yeah. and he'd wad it up like your great grandma and say, don't share this with anyone. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> what about you said Tupac was in there too. Terrible tipper. Damn. Long fingernails. Damn. That sucks. Snoop Dogg, terrible. Back then, yeah. It's, it's 96. Maybe too. they were young. Yeah, maybe they were young. 
but that was crazy. You've seen so many, you've seen so many great shows at that venue. And then you worked at Limelight. If anybody watched that movie called Party Monster, um, Moon worked there. Well, let's get back to Palladium first. Because you, you had an incident. I worked there at the same time, okay. all of it. They were at all of them were the same. All right, so two incidents happened. You worked at the Limelight, and that's when the IRS came down on that club and started interviewing people because of all the scandalous shit that was happening with Peter Gation. You can look up the whole story. It's everywhere. I think everywhere. because they couldn't get him for the murders. Yeah. There were some murder, murders under his name. I yeah. think they got him for the IRS. It was 150 bartenders, and only one of all of us paid taxes. Wow. It was all cash shit. Crazy yeah. shit. Yeah. So that scary time when they came down on, on well, you guys? Showed, w- showed up to work, and the, it was just doors were shut. Yeah. Look up Party Monster, guys. Um, Macaulay Culkin's in it. It's a he true did a story. great job. True story. And so you were, you lived that. You were around yeah. for all that crazy. Because yeah. you worked in different rooms at the limelight. Yeah, but the, the drug dealer, the guy who actually got killed, Angel, he would stand in between the men and women's bathroom. And Sell I, drugs. I drink pop all the time, so yeah. I had to go to the bathroom all the time. I'd see him. He was always nice, but yeah. all of a sudden he was just gone. Wow. Yeah, the guy really killed in that movie Angel, right? Yeah. Um, and then what, what about the incident at the Palladium where you got in trouble? That was really scary, Mama. Well, working at the tunnel and the Palladium, it was predominantly hip-hop. Yeah. And I would get called whitey, bitch, yo, and ho. Yeah. All night long. Yeah. And some, like, weedo little boy was pissed I didn't give him a free drink. Hook it up, hook it up. No, no. You know, he kept going on trying to get a free drink. Yeah. And ended up throwing all the drinks at me that were on the bar. And I was just standing there just drenched in alcohol and beer. So disrespectful. Yeah, so degrading. I jumped over the bar and I hit him one time. Punched him in the face? Yes. But only one time. Okay. And then the bouncers at that time were, like, giant. Yeah, they loved you Six too. Six foot plus giant dudes. Yeah. They picked him up like a crane, like poof. And then he just disappeared. I thought, okay, see you they later, threw him dude. Out or something. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah. Don't think anything of it. Yeah. The next week I was working, I turn around and the police were standing there. And long story short, the the friend pointed me out and said, I remember her. That's her. And I got in trouble. And Did they put your handcuffs right there? Yeah. Damn. And then took me to Fifth Street, where we ended up living. Yeah, he'd been arrested before that? Me? Yeah. Um, Growing up? Yeah. Okay. But nothing big. Okay, okay. But um, I ended up, long story, had to go to court for like eight to ten months. It was crazy, man. And signing a piece of paper saying that I would leave New York City. I never heard that you had to leave the state. What was that reason for that? I don't know. Peter Gation paid for my lawyer, and the, like three lawyers quit. I just had to keep going to court. Showing Damn. up, and I remember I'd put on that wig, that yeah. long blonde wig, yeah, like a hat. I was just so pissed because it was always at eight in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy supposedly had reconstructive surgery on his face. Damn, that you know, that's yeah. why you never call a yeah. girl, yeah, ho, bitch, y- yo, or whitey. That's great, and also, I remember also, um, the incident on the warp tour where like somebody came to the back of the tent and tried to grab your butt. So when you're on the warp tour, all the tents are connected. It's like UAFI. All these bands were together. It's like a unity out there, a community selling this merchandise in fucking 110 degrees, wherever. And somebody came by and grabbed your butt and they just said it all. I heard, I just remember hearing like this shit. Like, yeah, you start, weren't there, yeah, right? No, you I, were just I was doing playing, your thing. Yeah, I think somebody started chasing this guy through the warp tour, right? Yes, he got in trouble. He got really fucked up. Yeah. He's, he was just and then all of a sudden, everyone's like, put your tents away. Get rid of your stuff. Go. And everyone was like hiding. Holy shit. So it was like hide from Kevin Lyman because mm-hmm. we know we're going to be in trouble. Sorry, Kevin. Sorry, Kevin. Wow. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. That's crazy. It's pretty crazy. Um, and so then we started, you know, we did a lot of tours. Um, started going to tour buses. And that was a whole new thing for us. Shout out to Marvin. You know, those buses. Yeah. Your first couple of tours doing and buses. Jeremy. Did so many great tours on. Um, and then I want to say Max was conceived on tour. Yes. At first, we thought he was conceived in a bathroom in Germany, and then we realized he was conceived at the Howard Johnson's on Houston Street um, by Avenue A. I brought Max by there several times to show it to him. And he says, I was convinced there. Yeah. <laughs> right next to the park where we shot the Ice Cube video. It was a good day, which you were in, Mama. Um, we got to be in cool videos, too. We got to be in the Time Bomb video together in New York. Yeah, we were just going to say hi to them. Yeah, check out your butt in that video. We got to be in the Mark Allman video. It's called Out There. And tell the story leading up to this video mark allman is from the group soft cell soft cell tainted, tainted love. love yeah so he had you know side projects yeah galore and we got asked to be in this video yeah and you were playing that night coney at island coney high. island high yeah. and i remember standing at the back waiting like okay come on come on come on and then someone had kicked you in the face at the show on stage a mic yeah. kicked the microphone maybe and it went through your tooth went through your lip gnarly and i was waiting for you and i hear you go mama i'm bleeding from thought, the stage. Yeah, and I was like, oh, God, we got to go. We got to make $75. <laughs> oh, in the video, like, yeah. what the hell? $75, <laughs> who cares? But so we had to sit in the back of the cab as yeah. he was the driver, and we were supposed to act like we were fighting. And I kept seeing him look in the rearview mirror, and he kept saying, like, do more, fight, or make out. Yeah. And I grabbed your face and said something to you. You squeezed my lip or something, yeah. And, and the butterfly stitch... Came, came off out. yeah and blood squirted out mark allman was bugging and he's like i i remember him saying to the thing like i don't know if this is getting serious or not like <laughs> he didn't know if it was real yeah because i said something like totally ridiculous mm -hmm. to you i yeah. don't know just to like but the way he squeezed my lip and it just popped and blood came out yeah that was great that was a fun time being and there and then that video never think anything of it years yeah. and years and years later i kept thinking what was the name of that song how yeah. could i find it could never find it until Anthony took him two minutes. That's right. Looked up and just popped up. Yeah, thanks, Anthony Moore. Um, yeah, that was amazing. We in those videos. Maybe we details magazine together. Yes. Just random paper. shit. Yeah, just just random. Like you'd walk around Lower East Side and people were like, oh, you guys are cool looking. Let's take a picture or something like that. Um, we have another good story where me and you, you can tell the story. Me and you were crossing the street. I was with my friends. You with your friends, right on Fifth Street and Second Avenue. And we were crossing the street, and you had walked ahead with your girlfriends. And I think you guys helped an old man or old lady cross the street, and some DJs came by and said some shit. That old man actually used to, I, he wasn't homeless, but he yeah. was just always outside that restaurant. Yeah. And he's definitely gone now, but he was yeah. probably in his 70s at the time. But he had on a pair of docks, but like a cut like a big square cut out of it. So he probably had something wrong with his feet. Yeah. And I remember you used to give all your coats away. Totally. And you used to give pants and shoes and whatever. And Always. I said to the guy, what size are you? My husband's got a lot of, <laughs> got a lot of stuff I, here. And I was like, oh, I'm going to give you some shoes. And some guy said something referring that I was prostituting mm, to him. Mm. And I turned around and I, I don't know, we had an altercation. You said some shit to him. Yeah, but then we kind of squared off, and I hit him, and his glasses fell off. And then out of nowhere, the the sky, someone flew down, but I only saw their back. But it was a car that pulled up, yeah. I didn't see that part. Yeah. And I just see the back, and I hear, don't fuck with my sister. And as you know, I don't have any brothers and sisters. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, what is happening? Yeah. And the guy gets hit again. I could see that. Yeah. And then... 
his the thing he was holding, like a, one of these kind of things, yeah. flew out of his hands. Like a recording device. And li- little do I know, it was John Joseph. <laughs> John Joseph up, He picks it up and just gets in the car and drives away. Yeah. It was like the most random. Was it two guys or one guy? It was two dudes, but. He snuffed them both and took their shit, I yeah, think. Yeah, but I only hit the guy once, and yeah. the other guy just stood there staring. Like, so John uh, Joseph jumped out. That's my sister. Snuffed them both and took their gear. Yeah, and, <laughs> and then drove, drove away. <laughs> <laughs> and you guys were all standing on the other side no, of the we, street. No, we were crossing like, at that point. What's yeah. happening? It was fucking, it came out of nowhere. Like, John Joseph, like a total superhero. That was crazy, mama. It was like Spider-Man situation. And then being on tour was fucking crazy back then because Adam was in his prime getting drunk. I remember one time Moon came up to him. He was naked in the front of the bus and... Moon grabbed him from behind, grabbed his dick, and spun it around, and he got a boner in front of the whole group of us. He gave him a whip around. I was that facing was your <laughs> brother, too, and <laughs> I think, of course, your brother had to be stoned, but he yeah. was laughing so hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> were you with me when uh, I met Madonna, babe? Yes. I was in Madonna's chair that night, and they told me- Was I on stage? Yeah. Okay. And I was Opening waving to you the whole time, like, I'm sitting in Madonna's seat. And they came over, and they're like, you got to get up. She's- She's coming. So in the, at the Roseland, if you're looking off the stage to the left, there's a VIP section. We're opening up for Rancid. That's when Madonna was sending them pictures and trying to sign them. And uh, I'm looking at Moon. And she's waving. She's pointing like where she's at. I think, uh, doesn't Madonna sit in there one point? It's just you were sitting in her chair. She did come and sit there. Yeah. But, but later, sit, I yeah. think she went backstage That's to go meet again. everybody. Yeah. yeah. That was fucking surreal. But you met her also at CB's, right? Yeah. She remembered me that night. With she's Tom like, Coates. Yep. She's like, hey. I remember you, and she grabbed my arm. That's a whole different episode about Madonna. That's fucking amazing. Um, so let's get let's get to like being married. So then you get pregnant. Um, Still on, working on the boxcar racer tour. Nine months pregnant. Yeah, not telling the band that you're fucking because you were vegan. All of a sudden, you started craving cheese. So on the, you started eating different things on tour. Well, I took well because we went from bus. If I was on a bus, it'd yeah. been different. But we were in a van. Yeah. And then when you are in a van, you stop at two places taco bell Subway. and whatever yeah word. so i took the tour manager aside and said please keep this a secret and and push the thing for who me. only knew jay parkin uh-huh not I me think. well yeah you oh, knew yeah, right. you yeah, doofus. okay okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like i didn't tell any of the other people because i was yeah. like i wanted to keep a secret not till 12 weeks but to 16 yeah, weeks yeah. so i was pretending i was drinking that's right babe yeah somebody had and their brother that. said to me one time i knew and I thought, <laughs> you just made yourself look like a jerk because if you knew, why didn't you help me? With the gear. <laughs> so nobody knew you were pregnant. That was the Boxcar Racer Tour in 2002. Yeah. Oh, that was the end. So people knew by then. Well, yeah, we announced it at CBGB's on stage. That was yeah. fucking awesome. We that was were fucking amazing, that man. We were band. I forgot the name on the tour. Karina's the wife yeah. she sold merch it was like mm-hmm. a young girl and i was always telling her tips and how to yeah. get over it wasn't on the dance clubs. call crashers or nothing like that it was a box no. race the tour that used um i forgot what was on that, that tour was the last one okay i don't know what the tour was after that though um and then so i i, I have you on tour with me for like 10 years and that changed everything for me i think we got to see the world together got the travel we kept the marriage strong and then you know all of a sudden we have a baby and uh at that point oh let's get to new york so we're living in new york Living all around Lower East Side, living in a small. Remember that one place on 14th Street? There was no windows. We slept all day. That was worse than a than a Alcatraz cell. It was like, oh, it was terrible. There's no windows, so we slept all day because you worked at the beauty bar. Right I next had door. to be to work at four, and I'd set yeah. the alarm for twelve, yeah. and then I'd change it to one, and then two. We're in the New York nightlife, babe. And then three. Yeah. And then I'd just get up and go upstairs. Yeah. But you were on tour, and a I lot. remember you called and said, 
Todd friend broke his hand. We're coming That's home. That's right. The doggy and dog I was tour. Like, no, you can't come <laughs> home. There's no room. No room for you. That sucks. So that was 14th Street. Then we moved over to the woman next to the Irish pub, and that was super loud. That was We're on 7th Street. McDoog was the place. McDooley's. McDooley's. Was McSorley's. McSorley's. So Everybody would walk out of the yeah. place and then take a couple stumbles and then throw up. Right in front of our crib. Right in front of our yeah, steps. Yeah, that's by the Bowery. And it was by Piss Alley where yeah. Ratbones lived. Yeah. And then we lived where else after that? Fifth Street. Then we lived Fifth Street. And we had the smallest apartment there. It was super nice. But it was giant. Yeah. According we, to New York standards. Yeah, the back cover of the um, FTTW picture disc is taken in our living room floor there. Um, that was fun living. There was a super small apartment and we could walk to everywhere. It was on a police block. Um, so yeah, every single tour we left, yeah. I would call the people from that store, white trash across the street yeah. and say, is our apartment there? Because the gas stove, like if you like oh, looked bump at it, it, yeah, it would go off it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would think, oh, I'm going to burn the house yeah, down. Yeah. This is the H toll story, but I'm going to tell it because I don't want to forget to tell it. But Jimmy was at the apartment that we were about to go on tour for like a million weeks and we just got sponsored by Dickies and we had a huge, they sent us a huge box, but I put on a black trash bag to bring it into the van. I said, I said, yo, to pass out the, yeah, everybody I said, I said take gra that. grab that bag, bring it to the van. And Jimmy didn't understand me. So he, he grabbed the plastic bag with all the Dickies for the whole entire year of sponsorship, threw it in the trash. We start leaving the city out the Holland Tunnel, whatever. And then I said, an yo, hour and a half later, yeah, you got that bag. And, the, and, and Jimmy's like, what bag? I threw it in the trash. And Russ is like, what the fuck? Because we all love Dickies. All Dick free pants. Yeah, we all have Dickies so much. We were all rocking it back then. So we had to turn around, drive back, and it was still in the garbage. It was so lucky, man. And our, so lucky. we used to do that thing like, Put something in the garbage, and by the time we got one so one flight up, yeah, it was gone. Yeah. So the yeah. fact that it was still in the garbage was shocking. We're very lucky about that, babe. So then you know we're living in New York, and uh, we want to fucking have a kid, and we want to get out of there. You know. I and, didn't uh, think I was like searching out for a kid, but I thought if me was I, but you always want to go to California. If I'm gonna have a kid. There's no room for it here. Yeah, Like, totally. Rusty built a bed, like a tall bed. You know, and, yeah, but he'd loft you know, bed, yeah. Act like we're in college living yeah. in a loft bed. Totally. In a 400-square-foot apartment yeah. that smelled like cat piss from that yeah. fucking lady downstairs. Mm -hmm. That And I refuse to live in Brooklyn. Yeah. I don't want to live, like, on the rim yeah. or on the toilet handle. I want to yeah. live in the toilet. I remember you. I remember you taking me to go see my mom, Rhode Island, and and we had all this built up. He had all this built up stuff he wanted to talk to me about. It was like a four hour drive to see my mom. Um, that was when we just got together. I know, though. but You're I know, jumping back. I know, but I'm just trying to remember all these stories. I know, but it don't make it look like we were together for ten years, and then all of a sudden I drive you to see your mom, and I, I just like knock it, you yeah, out. Yeah, I'm rewinding a little bit. But I just remember it made me crying in the car away there, and you just tell me all the mean shit I did to you. So I'm sorry for that, baby. I love you. Thank you. Um. You know, my and my mom bummed Not me except. out, and my mom too. Like my mom never came to my wedding reception in New York, and that really bummed me out for many, many years. Uh, that's a whole different subject, but that really broke my heart. I remember there's a couple friends that say that they were like watching you, like look at the door, waiting for her to show up. I was crying on my phone when I got the phone call to say she wasn't coming to our wedding. It really bummed me out, and I think I bummed her it out too. It bummed me out more that she went to and paid for both of your other brothers' weddings, and they've been married twice, both of them. But didn't even come to your wedding when it was a car ride away. True. The other ones were both airplanes. Yeah. I remember crying outside that she didn't come. I don't know why I even bring this up now, but I bring it because I think I bummed her out by telling her last minute I was getting married and was on tour. No. But I, I don't know. That's a whole different topic, but I don't know why she got <laughs> changed this whole. Wah, wah. I was trying to cover all the stuff about me and you and stuff. But living in New York, we had so much fun. You worked at all those clubs, all the shows. 
when Cra- we moved crazy to New York City nights, dude. When we moved to California, we were living, you know, Chad lived downstairs. And yeah. Chad was going out every single night, staying up till three in the morning. He or Detroit start. Street first when Adam moved with us. But here, yeah. like, you would go, why is he at three in the morning? Why is he up? And I was like, he's 10 years younger than us. Yeah. We did the same thing. Totally. Like, we in New York, did we ever sit down and watch TV? No. I mean, we went to Seven Alleys every week yeah. to watch The Sopranos. But, like, yeah. we didn't sit down and watch TV. We were out every day yeah it's your apartment's too small too we always in the streets hanging out and we'd sleep all day too because you worked at four or five in the morning that yeah. was fucking crazy it was just a total different different lifestyle there yeah and so then we end up you know i could never see beyond the buildings of manhattan and i you know i always loved east coast and east coast in, in new york and you had been to california several times a bunch of times so let's go to cali i'm like fuck man, i did not want to go i was so bummed i remember telling you let's go to california and you're like are you getting are you divorcing me <laughs> i was like well if you don't want to come like i don't i don't care like i'm going yeah you really want to you what made you like all of a sudden say i want to leave new york like, what was the final thing just living I, on top of each other like rats i think the apartment was just starting to like yeah this is like starting to suck it was really small man it's hard living in new york like that but when you have no kids and stuff you can do it and you're just a, you know it's just a couple yeah but it was really changing and just everything you know so then we moved to New York. I mean, we moved to California, man. Fucking. And ev- once everything was packed up, I remember having a panic mm. and looking at an apartment to buy. Yeah. And it was equally as small, but you had to walk through this door like to Alice buy in Manhattan? Wonderland. Yeah, it was on 6th Street. You're and looking at a place to buy on 6th Street? Glenn showed me. Pasta's wow, friend, how much? And it was $642,000, but Damn. plus property taxes and assessments. Yeah, fuck that. It was astronomical. Yeah. But... By the, it had this little closet door that you had to walk through to get to the bedroom. Yeah. So when you put your clothes there, yeah, how did weird. you get into mm-hmm. the bedroom? Totally. That's crazy. That kind of stuff in New York always wigged me out, like the toilets and the bathrooms in the living room and Bath showers in the, in the kitchen, kitchen. All that shit. That yeah. stuff's so strange yeah. to me. Yeah. So you we rewind a little bit. You were supposed to come to New York with Lisa for the summer. You never left. No. Because you met me. Yes. That's pretty amazing, Mama. Thank you. Um, so yeah, now we you know now we're out in New York. Did we cover a lot of the good things in New York? You think, babe? Yeah. Covered a lot of good shit there. Yeah. I, I mean, we so could go on forever and ever, but I mean, covered yeah. it. There was a lot of people though that you know back then were really shocked about us getting married. They couldn't believe it. People were like jealous about it, haters about it, and people put bets on it. Yeah, pe- yeah, but people were betting. Can we do this though? I, I've said this many times and to people that have put up bets on it and they just stare me straight in the face, look like they don't know. Yeah. But let's make this the very last time or I want to make it the last time we I talk say about it with it. animosity. Yeah. Well, let's not say any names. But or, yeah. or even as non like just yeah. done. OK, we we won. We've been married over 20 years. If we get divorced tomorrow, we still won. 24 years. It's maybe. done. Yeah. Can we do that? Yeah, we're done. We're done talking about the past and the people betted on our wedding and all that because stuff. Because they're all divorced uh, yeah. two times over. True. Facts. Or, or not and unhappy. So Yeah, big fact. <laughs> so big <laughs> fact. But clearly I let go. Remember we had the na- remember <laughs> the neighbor, the drag queen, the famous drag queen neighbor? Misunderstood. Misunderstood. Shout out to misunderstood lived in a building above an apartment above us. Um that was fucking awesome. We ran into her. Me and Max ran into her. Um you know, when we went back a couple times, I yeah. said, oh, yeah. yeah. You know, she lives, she lives upstairs. Yeah. She lived on the very top floor and could smell that cat lady. Always. For right. everyone that knows, we had a cat lady that lived downstairs. It smelled so bad. In it was half gnarly, the size man. of the apartment that we lived in. Yeah. 
and she either had one cat or ten cats. We'll never know. But whenever you're trying to get into the um, door, it the air conditioner would be blowing hot cat at you. <laughs> Or, so I mean, disgusting. either. And then on like a rainy day, she would spray perfume when she walked out and it would be like perfumey cat. Yeah. Or hot cat. Or how was it a cat mixed to it? Oh, it sucked. <laughs> cat lady sucked. Mom, I remember, remember people would fuck you in the streets because you wore the mini skirts and then you had like the gra- granny panties underneath and you'd be on roller skates. But I always wore the granny panties so that in case I fell. Yeah. Nothing but there were there several occasions where. Shit popped off, and I seen you stomp some people out with roller skates. I don't know why people think they could just like touch other people, though. Yeah, no, I hear you, babe. In New York City too, it's like the summer. You got a skirt on, you drive. Oh, it's hot, and then you snap. Someone mm-hmm. grabs your butt, and you're like, ah. Yeah. Like why? But there do was that? crazy situations where the, you stomp some people with roller skates. It was fucking hectic, babe. Yeah, me and Ali actually too have chased people down on roller skates. Really? Yeah. After like they fucked with you, you racing through the city on roller skates. Both of us had pink hair. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Like, what did what did they look like? They had pink hair and ro- um, roller skates. Like, what kind of idiot did I think I was? Like, yeah. gonna get away with stuff? So, we're in New- now we're in California, and then now you're not touring with me, and now Max, I have a son. So that changed everything. Having Max changed everything for me growing up with no dad. Becoming a dad, all those emotions, um, when, so excited. When I had Max, though, 10 days after he was born, you went on tour with Hazen Street. Like, like you keep talking weeks. about, like, hi- hiatus with H2O, but you were on Hazen Street. True. And you were gone for six weeks, home for four days. Gone for th- four weeks, home for a day. Yeah, And sorry, you were Mama. gone so, m- I mean, it, in retrospect, that's the best time to be gone. Yeah, because he didn't even know who I am. It's like, all he wants like, is the boob. Who cares? Yeah. But I swear to God, like, I think I was just in a in a fog or a bubble but when yeah. you come home i'd be like here you go yeah the most amazing thing of having a kid if you guys don't have any kids listening is that you're with this w- woman for such a long time and then in a matter of 24 hours she's all of a sudden she's no longer just your wife all of a sudden she's fucking breastfeeding a baby's out we're holding a baby there's so much emotion and the next day you leave like here you go here's your human take care have a great life <laughs> you know what i mean it's so crazy yeah. to watch that transformation for you mom to go from like just being my wife to becoming a mom. It's, it was fucking, it was crazy, man. It was really, and guys, I didn't have my driver's license my whole entire life till I moved here. But I told him a secret that whoever, wasn't a secret. <laughs> whoever takes you to the hospital gets to go in the room with you. Yeah. And I think he thought that was hospital protocol. Like, <laughs> oh shit, I got to get my license. <laughs> and so he got his license through this magazine. Den- Denials helped you get oh, it. Oh yeah, Punk Magazine. Yeah, they helped me. They, 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 uh. But you were like, oh, I got my license. Now yeah. I can go in the room with you. Yeah, they did a whole thing on me getting my first license at 33 years old. <laughs> but then I drove you to the hospital, babe. Yeah. And Just I like thought. Like a grandma I to the hospital. Like, oh, man, I'm going to have a baby in the car. You <laughs> and know, our PT like Cruiser. Two miles Was there an a PT hour. Cruiser? Oh, my God. No, uh-uh. no. It was Ikea. It was Ikea Sportage. Um, shout out to Giovanni Reddy. Always made fun of my PT Cruiser. Um, so then, yeah, then we have Max and everything fucking changes in a good way. People think automatically when you have a kid, your life is over. There were some friends that said, yo, you having kids? I'm out. They didn't want to deal with us as parents. Because I had so many girlfriends like, you're not going to have time for me. And I thought, fuck you. I know. So when you have a kid, they adapt to your life. Like we had one kid. We took Max around the whole fucking planet and they adapt not to your life. Not all parents do that. But not all parents do that. But we... 
you know, we did it. And so, obviously, yes, you lose sleep. All that shit. Everything changes. I became way more emotional. I fucking hate violence. I cried during commercials. I was already a sensitive kid before that. But when you have a child, everything changes, man. Well, Max was misdiagnosed with hemophilia. Tell that story, babe. It's a great fucking story. The doctor, little did I know, my friend Laura referred me to this doctor. And I didn't know. She was like first year out. Yeah. And, And she had to do some kind of residency at someplace whatever so we go there and there were so many like false positives and oh your kid might have this and i was yeah. like what do you mean he's gonna have four legs is oh it because God. of the bumps on his head when he was born though yes but okay. then okay so then he's born and she misdiagnosed him with hemophilia Damn. so i fast forward to he can't be on any sports teams he can't skateboard he can't Get in a fist fight with anyone. Any of anyone. that stuff. He can't it, drum, a anything. A girl can't squeeze his butt yeah. because he's going to die. Anything blood related. Anything. Yeah. And and the doctor called and said, well, I can help prep your house and, you know, we can pad everything. That was so fucking scary, dude. I, I was walking out into the street. Like, like a zombie. Zombie, like leaving the doors open. Your mom started going to seminars She still has more knowledge about hemophilia than almost anybody I know. We started bugging out. I remember we were fucking a wreck. I did a... Did like raised money, did 26 miles roller skating. That's right, the hemophilia. We were freaking the fuck out that our son could be living in a padded box his whole life. So fucking scary. That sucked. So then what happened, babe? Well, we took him to the children's hospital, which Which took four months to get an appointment. appointment. And And it was so sad in there, mama. If, oh yeah, that that was terrible. If we would have had another kid prior or paid attention, we would have been like, there's no way this kid has it. Because yeah. I remember one time you picking him up and bumping his head yeah, on like out. the swing. And I was like, you're going to kill him. Yes. And I should have realized, oh, you didn't kill him. He doesn't have it. Yeah, nobody knew that. Nobody knew that about Max. But it's crazy. That was terrible. He had, instead of most people come out like a cone head yeah. from coming in and out of the birth canal, yeah. he came out with two two things so we called them max attacks remember that's right mars <laughs> and so he had two cone heads Sorry, on the top of his head and Little that mars was attacks. like a some blood thing and yeah. cuz you had a blood thing it was But like, I think it was cuz of that though and because I come from hillbilly yeah it's like what does people that have hemophilia yeah royalty yeah. well what does royalty have in common inbred mm. who's inbred hillbillies and, and i was like oh are you inbred babe <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah. <laughs> my dad's my brother. Oh my god. Um so that was really scary about Max. First we're brand new parents and we keep and we're hearing he's gonna have hemophilia. Yeah, that, that was sucked. fucking so scary. But then it comes out and everything changes, I think, in a sense. And um obviously I started going on tour and I talked to you about this all the time that because I went away on tour so much and came back and forth our whole relationship, you think that's why our relationship's strong? Is that the number one reason? I think so. Because you would have left me a long time ago? I, I probably would have killed you in your sleep or stabbed you, like, <laughs> for sure. Because, like, the fact that you go, I want you to come back. Yeah. And, and like, I work now. So when I leave and I come home, like, I know, I, I just feel like it's made us stronger that you did go on tour. And then also, like, I get to pick and choose now where I want to go. Yeah, we're lucky to be able to do that. That is also pretty cool, too. Yeah, so, like, f- for people that don't know, when you go on tour, like, everything keeps... You, my wa- my moon and Max continue their lives. I'm on tour. I'm doing my thing. They we have a, schedule. I have a schedule. And then you come and home I like come a home tornado, and I'm all jet lagged or whatever I am, and I come and dive like, back. Hey, look at me because you're you work 40 minutes a day, and everyone. Are you hating? Yes. 
no not about the working but like everyone's like you're so cool sign this and then you come home and like, like we're like dude do the you dishes, gotta bitch. jump in our fucking schedule no i know i know that's, but, but that's why. hard that's why i like that bono from u2 his wife's was he sends him to a hotel for th- a couple of days to like see he thinks he's bono no no, the, <laughs> come on. You know Scumbag. I'm a humble motherfucker. Why are you even saying that about me, babe? You just said it. No, I said that Bono gets sent to a hotel. His wife sends him there because he can decompress. Decompress before he goes home from the mental of the tour attitude. That would be amazing. You know, it's a, and, and, the way, and the way I talk to like a sailor from being on tour and all the tip jars we had and for like the swear words and shit. Because it's like it just, it's just different. But people wonder how you can balance it on. I feel like the balancing was, yeah, we had one kid. We can take him on tour. You guys would come when you could. And I was touring while Max was a fucking infant. Didn't even know who the hell it was. All I cared about was your tit, babe. I'm sorry. He just wanted to breastfeed. He could give a crap at that moment. So the, all that timing worked out for but that. But also I think. when he was real little, like because there wasn't cell phones or anything. Yeah. I would make videos of you and put you oh, on the TV. Right. And you'd be like, hi. It's Dada. That's it's right. Dada. And he would just stare at the TV. I'm going to cry. And then remember, he would get sad when you leave. So we would hide the suitcases out the night before or day That's before. Right, and then all of a sudden you'd be gone. But he didn't really. I mean, he's not a moron. But like the time yeah. time lapse, he didn't really get it. So it would just be like, oh, he went to school. And where's daddy? Yeah. Oh, he'll be back tomorrow. And tomorrow was like six weeks instead of <laughs> so instead fun. of 24 hours was your facetime back then too no? nope damn no fucking brutal man the sacrifice we make for what we do man it's crazy man we have all the perks of being able to do what we want to and checking yeah. with us on tour you know yeah it's yeah we're very lucky right what, what do you think what else are some of the keys do you think are long marriage mama i think that's the number one thing yeah i don't know about the other you keys. got patience Me being uh, cool yeah, you're all, you're also but you have you have like I don't know where I get patience from because like my mom will always say like how do you do that how do you do that like we deal with for me for example you, you repeating or you saying something yeah, I say I well I don't listen to the first forty eight times you say <laughs> something and then I'll look over and be like oh what and she'll be like didn't you hear him <laughs> what did, what like Alex used to say the same thing so this is going back alex alex yeah rest in peace alex yeah. she would go how do you do it and i go don't listen to him how did you deal with me though i i don't know and, and why why did you never give up the chase did you ever really taking tons of pills did you ever <laughs> did you ever give up on me like trying to get with me what are you talking about like give up the chase like did you ever finally when you get married i guess that was it but no that's not it because i told you like after we were already married i thought oh he's gonna take off and i'm not necessarily on, man well i know because i'm not I don't know what's the word. Um, what is the word? I don't know. I, I'm confident in our relationship. Yeah. But that's the one thing that I was like, oh, yeah, he's going to take off. Go where, man? I, I don't know. Do I think trust is key? Look for Shelly Shackley. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> well, don't think Hi, Shelly Shackley. Well, do I think trust is like the number one thing we have? Yeah, for sure. And there's no relationship that could actually last if there's no trust. Okay. Trust, communication. And yeah. I, and then that's the other thing. When you moved into that 10 by 10 room, you didn't ask. All of a sudden, you were just there. And I was like, man, you're in my fucking space. Mm. And I remember saying, like, when you bother me, I'm going to tell you because if I let it keep it, like, build it up, then I'm over it. That's true. The, the way I am, if I don't say anything, I'll let it go, let it go, let it go. And then I'm let like, it go, done. Let it Fuck go. you. I hate you. And yeah. then it's too late. Yeah. So I remember saying, I'm going to tell you what bothers me. I and I'd that. be like, don't this or don't that. Yeah. But I think that being communication, and that's so cliche. Yeah. That and you going on tour. 
helped. You know what else? Not to be too first, but we're not really over-sexualized people, me and you. I mean, we first, I remember we first started hanging out. We're like, it wasn't just about sex. It was about hanging out and loving each other. You know what I mean? When the friendship, don't you agree with that? Yes. Talking to Mike, babe. Yes. Because I think their friendship's key to it. But, you know, I've only slept with five women my entire life. I could name all five women, but I'm not going to. But you never told me how many men you slept with. 500. And I think that's really... 555. I think it's really crazy. I don't know how many different men you slept with. I know some of them, but not all of them. You want to tell me all on the podcast? I'm going to start listing their (laughs) names out. Are you ready? No, I'm not ready. (laughs) But how come a woman can keep all the secrets of how many men she slept with? And how come I I already... You know what's funny about that? What? It's like one of my friends was saying that her husband was always so paranoid and go, did you sleep with him? And like, she'd be like, shit, yeah, I did. You always said... Like, did you sleep, like, backwards or something? Like, I don't know what my point is. What's your point? Did you it's sleep with them? It's funny because people be like, did you have sex with them? And it's like, no, I didn't have sex with them. I hooked up yeah. with them or whatever. But, for example, when Mike came with me to New York, we went to a show. Mm-hmm. It was Cro-Mags at Limelight. Yeah. And I remember introducing him to everyone. And every single dude I said hi to, I gave him a hug and a kiss. And he said to me, like, later, whether it was that week or whatever, he goes, with them? he thought I had sex with every single But the New York thing was inter- kissing on the cheek. Right. But he was like, what's going on? Mm. She had sex with all these people? And I thought it was hysterical. <laughs> I was like, no. Because you you were, you wouldn't give it up to me for a long time, a couple of years. No. Like, you made, you made me work for that shit. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. And then work. And, work your body. And then, we, and then we finally did it, babe. It was awesome. It was wonderful. Yeah, worth and the wait. Ice and cream. And ever since Max came, he cock-blocked everything. We love you, Max. Um, Cock-blocker. Um, so, yeah, any tips we can give people about being married, Mama? And just no. it's pa- patience is a big one. Yeah, of course. Pa- patience is a big one. Everyone should patience, go on trust. tour. <laughs> and then, and then also Everyone should start leaving. Everybody start a band. <laughs> but then Mama. And then we also laugh still together. If you you got to be still able to make your wife yeah, laugh. Do you agree I, with sometimes that? I want to kill you. Like, really, like, grab the nearest knife or the blunt object and smash your head in Thanks, and babe. then you'll like look at me and they'll start laughing am i still dreaming are we am i well, aging well yeah hello who cares about that no, my point ask, is you make me laugh i must ask am i aging well i'm looking handsome still no do i am i still the same guy that you saw across the room in 1992 no because i didn't know he was a rapper i probably wouldn't liked you the fuck? oh no that i was um french canadian yeah, oh, that's grounds for divorce. Or I just found out I was French Canadian. After I got twenty that. years of being married, don't you're hate, like, I don't hate um, Canadians. French Canadian. That's yeah, so my mom. I, I got my twenty-three. Canadian. And me. What? I was supposed to be French Indi- Canadian. I was supposed to be Indian, but my mom fucking changed it. No, she didn't change it. Twenty-three and me told oh. the real truth. Um, so if you knew I was a rapper, that would have been. That been you think I should have been a rapper? Or if I knew you had dreads. That was way before I met you, though. Do you think I should have been a rapper, though, babe? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> my mom no. thinks so. <laughs> Your only <laughs> rap you have is Veggie T. Oh shit, Very that's rapper. the only rap. Um, so babe, so what 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 would you say keeps us? Mm, what do you think? What do you think makes a good parent? That's a good question. You know what? Why do you think we're good parents? You know what? I don't know how to put this into words. Our parents don't think so. Our parents don't think so. Yeah, they think we're you know the what? worst. Our moms have bonded after 20 years. Over hating on us. On hating us. <laughs> and saying how bad of parents we are and sucky we are. Because we take our kids to foreign countries and they're, and they're seeing the world. How dare you take him to, to South America? To Japan. I know. Their kids are seeing okay. the world. Some South kids never leave their fucking countries. But South America has people think it's unsafe. I love South America. And there are spots that are unsafe. It's, and so but is Chicago. Where are you from? Exactly. Yeah. But yeah. my mom was like, why are you taking him to Japan? Yeah. And I'm like, that's the safest place. That's safer than Beverly Hills. Mm-hmm. 
Who yeah. are you talking about? Yeah. But wait a second. You were asking something else. My point is, the second you think you're safe in something or the second you think your kid's not going to be the one doing the drugs is the day he does the drugs. Yeah, true. The second you think your husband's never going to cheat on you is the day he cheats on you. Motherfucker, I'm never going to cheat on you. But why would I be like, he would never? Because we have trust. But that's just pompous thinking. No, it's not. It's fucking real life. I never cheat on been the same fucking... Listen. What's wrong with you? Get a grip. You get me so angry Sally. now. Get angry on the My show. My point is you can't ever just be like, oh, this will never happen because you never know. But Moon, you know I never cheat on you, right? Are you sure? Don't say it on this fucking <laughs> podcast, you <laughs> fucking asshole, man. Get over man. it. Through, through better for worse, through th- fucking everything, we're fucking to life, baby. Okay. You're stuck with me. What's your fucking problem? Wah-wah. I would never do that. But our son is so I amazing. I have something to tell you. My son is so amazing. Like I saw in his IG story the other day, like he did like a poll. It's like kids ask questions. Are you bi? Are you trans? Do you like metal? Do you like, you like this? Do you smoke jewelry? He's like, nah, I'm straight edge. And I saw that shit and I wasn't even supposed to see that. And my fucking heart melted like, oh my God. He's just doing that on his page, and it was really awesome, Mama. And just so you guys know, he's not forced to be straight edge or vegetarian. He's never had meat his entire life. And he's life. not straight edge. Yeah, he doesn't even, yeah, he's never tried anything like me. He's just like I was when I was his age. He doesn't claim it. I know, it. but don't tell him to be that. I'm not. He just said on Instagram. I just saw it. And fuck, he knows what it means. He said that. He so knows you'd it. see it, and he's actually smoking weed right now. I can say this on the podcast and really fucking make up some dumb shit on the podcast. Come on, babe. Do you have a sense of humor? I do, but don't say dumb shit. You're the one to put it. Don't do put you it, have a sense of humor? Yes, but don't put it on the atmosphere. That's silly to put out oh, in the atmosphere like that. Anyway, sorry. he can eat meat if he wants to eat meat, but he knows where the meat comes from. We never preached that to him. We just saw the way we grew, like we were eating in the house, right, Mama? Like he just figured yeah, it out himself. Yeah, he's actually like serious about it. Yeah, he's fucking really about it, right, Mama? Yeah, I like it. Um, what what are some other things you can say, babe? Other advice, babe? I can't say anything because you don't like. The what were some I of think. the not, not saying any names? But what were some of the dudes' names in New York that were trying to hit you up? Not their names, but what was their? Mo- you said they would say, "Don't there go would with be him." Like, one dude from every single band that I love. That you guys all love too. Asked me out. And part of that's like, that's compliment. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, ugh. That's why nowadays when I meet people, I say, you know, I don't speak English or, you know, can I get a picture? Robert Smith. I love Robert Smith. Yeah. I said to him, I shook his hand. I said, hi, I don't speak English. Can I take a picture? He looked at me like I was crazy. Why? Because you thought he was going to ask you out? What if he's a dick? Oh, I don't think he's going to ask me out. But, like, you just never know. Yeah. I well, don't even want to have a conversation with someone like that. Like, I like to keep them up on the pedestal. But didn't someone's people in New York knew we were already hanging out, but they don't get with him. He's not good for you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Put their tongue in my mouth and tried for to make real? it out. Come on. You Put know Put your that. tongue in your mouth? All kinds of creepy That's dudes. That's a me too shit, babe. So, for the parents out there listening who have, you know, the musicians, moms or dads, and they travel, I'm sure you guys can relate to that, that... Taking your kid on tour, I think, was the best thing we ever done with my son. Um, we got to see the world at a, at a young age. You He's know? so lucky. And I, He's so well-rounded and grounded. Well-rounded and grounded. Now. Yeah. But sometimes I think, like, do you have any idea how lucky you are? Mm-hmm. He's very lucky, like, man. He's been to Japan twice, Russia. South America. South America. All over England, Europe. Ireland, Germany, everywhere. Plays drums with us on stage. 50,000 people in Colombia. Like, it's very cool. We have such a good life, man. And... and it's crazy because neither of us really had goals when we went out to California, did we, babe? No. Obviously, I was continuing doing the band, but I did other odd jobs and stuff like that. But, like, very lucky to be able to live where we live, live in this house. And the reason I do books now is because I was doing it for H2O because nobody bookkeeper. was doing it for you guys. Yeah. So it's like, then I started working 
what I'm doing now. Yeah. Then. Yeah. And the last job that I got at the barracks, the guy that I, I went four times to interview and he was in a band. Okay. And he actually started doing books for his band because nice. nobody would do it. Yeah. And so we bonded on that. Mm -hmm. It was like, wow, it's the same thing. Yeah. Except I wasn't in your band. Yeah. Do you think we think we never we never and one thing about relationship too, but we don't fight. We never really fight. You know, maybe we got more stressed. They so want to? No, but that's one thing too. Like we don't really fight. We used to we fight about dumb, stupid things. It really don't mean anything. Like, oh, you've got to shut the fucking drawer again in the in the thing. Yeah, but it's, it's still open. I know, but you know what I mean. Like just little tedious things. To this right now, I bet you it's open. But that's not the. I'm saying we, we fight about stupid things like that. Right. Maybe, maybe maybe got a little more stress when Max was born. One time, Max was sitting right here, and we were bickering. You're like, why are you fighting? You're gonna get a divorce. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, This is not Max. Funny. Nana's husband threw her down the stairs. Yeah. And he looked at me and I felt bad afterwards, but yeah. I was like, he looked at me like and and then later on he goes, Nana's husband? Who like he didn't get that yeah. that was my dad. Yeah. And and he he was just like, "Oh my god." Yeah. I go, "That's fighting." Yeah. And so also a couple two things I'm talking about. Remember when Max found out that he kept he was really worried about if there was Santa or not? Yeah. It was so hard because he was asking about the tooth fairy and the Easter bunny. He didn't he didn't push Santa Claus because Christmas was around the corner. Yeah. And he didn't want to push that. Because they would get no presents. Yeah, because he knew. But the he looked me in the face and he said, is there a tooth fairy? And I said, come follow me. And I took him in the house and I opened up the box with all his teeth and it yeah. has the dates on it. Yeah. And I showed it and he looked at me like. I didn't want you to tell me the truth. Oh, man. But at the same time, I was like, I'll tell him this because I don't want him to think I'm going to lie to him. Yeah. So you asked and I told you. I thought I was going to be so bad. I remember one time I had my friend George dress up like Santa Claus and pass by the window at a certain time as Santa Claus. That was an amazing moment, man. Yeah, and that Max was great. Max looked out the window. That was a really beautiful time. Um, yeah, so Max asking about that and then the tooth fairy thing, you showed him all the teeth we had saved up <laughs> this whole entire life. It was life. like, yeah, that was great. Um, I so still have that box. Of all the teeth? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, with Max, I think we did a pretty fucking good job. He's a very well-rounded, open-minded kid. And I, I think that's because of the way we raised him and traveling and just our values that we got from ourselves. And um, obviously, it's never going to be good enough for our parents, but I feel like it's going to make Max a better person. Yeah, I remember world, actually a you know? couple Christmases ago, your mom and my mom were standing in front of our TV. Yeah. And I overheard him talking shit on us. Mm -hmm. And I was about to say, like, hey, what the fuck? Yeah. And I thought, you know what? If that's what it takes for you two to get along. True. Go ahead and have yeah. fun. Yeah. <laughs> I also think there was a time where Max thought all humans had tattoos because that's all that was around him when he was so <laughs> young. And he thought that was like the normal. And Max has such crazy, amazing uncles and musicians around him. It's yeah, it's a good mix. Like the New York dudes are like, yo, toughen up, kid. Yeah. Like quit being a little bitch quit crying <laughs> about you know like he'd be like Wee! and then Callie's like you know and California people like run to yeah, his rescue yeah. and like oh what's wrong and then New York people like throw him 50 bucks For you know it's like yeah. a big and then you know people in Chicago down the middle are yeah. almost like perfect yeah and then John Joseph perfect. I remember John Joseph teaching Max to throw snowballs at cabs in New York. Oh, he goes, are we going to get in trouble? It was so guitar. It was and so John's fun. And John's like, no, man. not with me. This is what we do. We throw snowballs at cabs. Yeah, that Just was It's like great. that sort of tough, that tough love from the New Yorkers. And obviously, like, the people that, like, Mackie and Travis and people that played drums around Max and helped him. Like, he has no idea that people he's surrounded with such good, 
like role models as far yeah, as like when Mackie would sleep over and like they'd be drum talking and like yeah. do that, do that. And I'd be like, it's what is he saying? <laughs> and he knew. Yeah. At a really young age, drum talk. Yeah, because I, I never played drums. You know, you can't sing for, you can't save, sing to save your life. I probably would be dead if I had to sing to <laughs> save my life. Yeah, you don't play any instruments or nothing, Mama, right? Not really. What do you think your best skill is, babe? Triangle. <laughs> triangle? Mm-hmm. Um, I have a picture, and I can play the triangle, harmonica, and the tambourine all at once. Oh, but no, you were gymnastic. You were gymnastics. You said, tell us what we should do. I saw pictures. Yeah, but I mean. But you used to do backflips off the top of like a triangle for like how many girls? Four. Okay. Like uh, I used to practice. I thought it was a lot more. Four highs? No, that, high. Oh, that's four high. Backflips off that. Yeah. I Damn. used to practice off my mom's garage. Mm-hmm. That's the house she's at now. Oh, that's crazy. That's a high garage. Yeah, I yeah, would yeah. do backflips mm-hmm. off of it. Um, your, your chicks up front posse, is it going to be a documentary about there, a book or something? Are they working Vic on it? Vic is writing a book right now. Okay. I think it was a specifically going to be chicks up front, and then she widened it and mm-hmm. now is writing a book yeah. about all of it, though. But yeah. It's awesome. What do you think some of our best moments were being married? Besides, besides becoming a parent has been the most amazing thing. But um, besides like seeing me for the first time in 1992 in D.C. and like uh, and like you fell in love with me. Um, I just think running around in New York being crazy young, was fun. Yeah. yeah. I mean, now we're old. I know. And you're 50 now. When I go though, out, babe. you go out, you stay home. Or I know. You I'm stay, such you know, a homebody. Like, now it's funny because, it's so yeah, you've always been like that, though. Like even Because I'm New always York, on tour, though, baby. Yeah. So, but like in New York, I'd go out with my girlfriends and you'd stand outside the, the bar. <laughs> make fun of you like there he is oh my god you'd make up stories about the house burning on fire or yeah. the gas on and i'd, I'd be, be like i'd be by babe i'm gonna be i'm coming back mm-hmm. same thing alex was with me then too just hanging out at the bars hanging out in the streets mm-hmm. going to all the clubs falafel spot on st mark's new york was such a great time i remember it was just snow there'd be Covered in snow, he'd walk through the streets. It'd be so. I talked quiet to Pasta the other day. I said sometimes I think about going back, and he's like, "You left at the right time." He's like, yeah. "Nobody's there anymore." We got the best it's out in New York. We got the best out in New York. Yeah, I think I moved there when it was just before it started getting cleaned up, mm-hmm. and it was good timing. Yeah, like if we stayed a couple more years, who yeah. knows what would happen? Yeah, I know we're going up and down and back and forth, all this stuff, but it's not a good timeline. What is it right now? Like we're we're jumping all over the place. Yeah, we're having fun though. We're, ta- right. we're talking about bullying and having kids, you know, dealing with bullying because we've had a couple of situations. And the thing about bullying now is not like when you were a kid. Like, you know, if if Max defends himself or your child defends himself, they get suspended. They get in trouble. If somebody puts their hands on you, which is such bullshit. And I remember yeah. one time Max, like this was not like knock on wood. It wasn't like a bully. Like you think, like oh, their kid was bullied. Mm-hmm. But there were some kids in school that were fucking with him. Yeah. And I I was talking to the principal and I said. To her, I said, I told Max to punch him hard as he can. I know. Right in the face. I know. And her face almost fell off. She goes, yeah. Moon, you can't say that. Yeah, and you I can. was like, mom and shit. Yeah, yes. I can. Yeah, yeah. And he's always, to this day, will say, Am I going to get in trouble? And if I'll be I like, fight back. Not here. I know. Like, no way, Jose. But the thing like, about it is, it's like, you're not allowed to, if you tell your parents you're a snitch if the, if the parents call the school you're a snitch and then it gets back to that kid and then the kids like, oh you had your parents call then they fuck you up even more so it's like we it's lose kid, lose they really can't do much about it as but a parent. I don't it's know really if it's because he annoying. went to a charter school and it was like a bunch of like sheltered it was, it was, very, it was very sheltered yeah very bubbled I'm bubbled glad up. that we moved him into like a, a real when school. he asked to go to Hamilton mm-hmm. he said I want lockers, lockers and bullies 
bullies and two other things. But like he got, oh, he wanted a school. He goes, I don't want to be on the football team, yeah. but I want a school that has a football team. Yeah, yeah. And like his school was in a church and in a in an office building. Totally, and it just wasn't proper school. And he'd go home with me and see how big my school was that yeah. I went to and saw like what a real school looks like or yeah. in movies. Totally. What schools look like. Yeah. He wanted that experience. Yeah. It was so hard to get him into Larchmont Charter. I remember it was um, a raffle, but we kept staying on them and emailing them. I remember I was like in Switzerland or something. I got the email saying, your son got into Larchmont Charter. I was like fucking crying. It was so awesome because... I thought you were in a car accident when you called. <laughs> I was so excited, but you told me, get Max in school. We're going to go We're gonna go to Chicago. And so I got him in that fucking school. And then we raised money for the school and did a show in New York. We made like $5,000 for the school. That was awesome. Kind of like changed the game of thinking there because they have these different kinds of fundraisers. I said, hey, I went to New York, did a show, here's some money. Like, holy shit. They kept talking about it all year. Yeah. What we're going to do. And then finally we were like, here's a check. Yeah. They're like, what? Can you do this again every year? Yeah, and so thanks like, to all the bands no. who played that show, <laughs> Dating Factory and all of our friends. That was a fucking great night. Raised money. Jake for did my, that, right? Yeah, ma- raised money Thank for Max's school. Um, we have any other crazy stories, babe? But that's it. Pretty much it. We covered a lot of stuff. You don't have to tell crazy stories. Any other good loved ones? Um, I think you should start going out now. What do you mean? Because now Max is out. We could go out. Well, go out tonight, you mean? No, just in general. Oh, yeah, yeah. Since Max is 16, hanging out with his friends, we can start going and have nightlife again. Yeah. It's like a whole new life begins. We'll be the old they, people at the bar. But like when they, so when Max moves out in a couple of years, we, it's just me and you again. And so then we start going out again and just reliving our youth. I don't know. That's going to work. We're going to be old. But you know what I mean? It's, isn't that weird how, how it works? How is he going to live by himself? When it's $2,000 for a one-bedroom across the street. True. He'll be living with us for a while, thankfully. I'm excited about that. <laughs> hey, Antonio, if you listen, we're going to build like a little shack in the back so we can practice in there. and then, An extension home. Yeah, and it's, you can practice in there and have a soundproof. We can live in there and fucking have parties in there. Um, yeah, people always ask me for bi- b- advice about parenting and shit. We just raise Max with compassion and love. And uh, I don't know. I yeah, feel but like there could be parents that are compassionate. Like you see parents at the school he was in when we were more like involved with yeah. the parents and stuff. You're like, wow, their parents are cool. Their kid's such a dick. Yeah, but yeah, it's or vice versa. Like we, the we, parents we, are wackos. We have such open communication with Max. That's the thing. He tells us everything. Yeah. Either he's telling you or me everything. And I love that because it keeps us all connected, you know, in that way, in that way you know? Yeah. Some things I don't want to know because he's getting yeah, older. Yeah, but, but you react a little bit crazy i think like you let him know like oh my god why'd you say that and then he pulls back mm. i will go like uh-huh cool like poker face and then yeah. turn around and go holy shit <laughs> like, he, like yeah, his friends true. that are here today are like max i told your mom that uh-huh. and, and and he's always like you know they're cool yeah that's pretty cool which is awesome we're still pretty cool babe hmm. that's the one thing you want to stay is, is this at least Stay in the communication. Yeah, but I don't want to be the parent like, oh, cool. Like, you know, my kid can party at my house. I don't want to be no, no, like no, no, that. No, 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 no. No way. That's that, no, not like that. That's too I much. I don't mean that kind yeah. of cool. But like, you know, when he tells stuff. Yeah, we listen. All the way back to, I don't know, those pricks they hung out with in se- sixth and seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't ever talk to their parents. Yeah. No, it's true. We told all the good stories, Mama? Yes. Uh, we covered everything. Anything you want to touch more? I'm sure we did not cover everything. And I'm the second we're done, you're going to say, oh, God, We talked about the Grand Canyon. That's too much. No, I can't do that. Grand Canyon? Yeah. Oh, your mom. What are you talking about? She's going to push your dad in the Grand Canyon. 
Oh my God. I'm like, what are you talking about? That's your story with her. But it never happened. But it yeah. wasn't the Grand Canyon Where either. Where was it, babe? You can't say that on the radio. It ain't the radio, dude. All sorry, those, Car- sorry, Kathy. All those people are going to be like, what? Oh, what people? Oh, what people? I don't know. The relatives are going to listen and they're going to say, okay, it's a fake story then. It's fake news. Fake news. Um, well, yeah, sorry, so, Mom. You told him, not me. So we figured out that we're together because. Absence makes the heart grow stronger, and me traveling really helped it strong. Well, it sucks leaving you and Max, but coming home, it's fucking amazing. Yeah, but you know you what? Know? Actually, I want to say something, and it has nothing to do with a question or anything. I feel like a poker face bitch sometimes because when you go on tour, you're always crying like a ninny, and then <laughs> Max would be crying, and if I cried, it'd be like, what the hell's up with that family, a bunch of ninnies? Yeah. So I have to like hold it together it's and be like, okay, strong when I'm sorry, okay, yeah. everything's going to be okay, and it's like, wow, she has no feelings. It's not that I have no feelings. It's because- Have you ever cried when I left? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, though. I still like, cry when I leave. I still get emotional. I know it's so hard, I babe. I know, but- I know. I always feel like I have to be super strong mm-hmm. and hold it together because I'm a weak bitch. Yeah. I don't know. That sucks. I'm sorry, Mom. I've always been like that. I mean, just Do you think your so brothers are the same way? Fuck yeah. They hate fucking going on tour. Todd cries too all the time. 100%. I, I wonder if them. Kim is the same way and if she is or not, Shout depending to Kim. on how she would be yeah. with the girls now. Yeah. Like it's, how, it's how, hard. It, how it changed. It's hard leaving your kids. But yeah, you always held it down, Mom. And it was the strong one. But also, I actually started dating you when you were a shoe guy, not in a band. I was working at Nana Shoes in Prince Street. Shout out to Yolanda, Danica, Christina. And most girls go after band dudes. Word. Search them out. Hunt them down. Get them. And then the second they get them. Can you change? Why do you want to go on tour? You leave me. I don't want you to go on tour anymore. It's true. And I think like, what the hell? You signed up for this class. Word. That's a totally different. And, and I, I appreciate you always. And let me I do that always think of Roger because mm-hmm. when he was with his first wife, she was with him as as Roger. Yeah. And then Agnostic Front got back together yeah. and started touring. And I thought, wow, that's cool for her because she didn't sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. But all these girls we know that that seek out dudes and bands and then want to try to change them. I guess that's no. I different. love you so much. You're perfect. No change. That's no different. Yeah, it's exactly that too. There's no yeah. different from people doing that. But yeah. like going after dudes and bands and then not wanting them to tour. It's like that's their job. Totally. I want to thank you that for always letting me be myself. Always to all the different stages in my life and be in my band and be a big kid and, and travel the world. And it def- we definitely have perks. I take you as much as I can. So that's that helps balance the family. But I appreciate like you supporting. Man, you came to my first show. I spent like 80 bucks on a cab. You and Mike, the guy you're going to marry, came to my first show on Bayside Queens in 1994. <laughs> I remember that. It was a <laughs> huge fight there that night. Right and after he, that. And he was like, these what the hell? These people are nuts. It was a crazy First ride. of all, you had sex with all those people you introduced to the other day. Who did? That's what Mike's thinking. Oh. <laughs> and then you bring me to this thing out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And there was a big fucking fight. That yeah, was funny. And it was like, run, run. We're all running through the neighborhoods in Queens yeah. after my first people show. like, what's going on these with these people? These are your fucking friends? <laughs> oh, my God. Well, you did, you, did, you, did, you, did, you did learn how to snowboard from that. We still have great snowboards, and you kill it snowboarding. I snowboarded before I met him. Where'd you snowboard? Was it the craziest place you went? Um, you were like Japan cra- wasn't crazy, but it was fun. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like that. New Zealand and Australia was supposed to be helicoptering mm. or heliboarding or whatever. Yeah. But it was like a big storm. And so I didn't do that. Just went snowboarding. Yeah. But 
these are all professional snowboarders. And it was like me and one other girl. And I remember them going, okay, just chill, like lean back. Yeah. And I'd be on the side of cliffs that look like if I was uh, like to go like one, one foot you're over dead, dead. Yeah. And, and like also like ragdolling all the way down and just like, who knows how far mm-hmm. in total, like quote unquote powder. Yeah. And not getting hurt, but just fumbling, fumbling, fumbling. And then all of a sudden standing up riding again, but like looking like, oh my God, I could have died. That's crazy. And the dudes I was riding with were like, oh, cool, man. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you in Fiji too, right? Yes. That's awesome. No snow there. No. What are you doing there? It's hanging. Yeah. After New Zealand, Australia. Oh, yeah. Fuck, yeah. It's on yeah. the way home. So for the listeners listening, what's some advice you'd give to them about relationships besides like join a band? Let's be for real, babe. What's the key to what we have, babe? Not be honest with like, tell the truth, be honest, but like, be honest with like, every little pet peeve, just say it in the beginning. So it's not like, built up, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we still have little pet peeves about each other. We start dumb things we do in the house, you know? I know, but like, shut the fucking drawer. Yeah. True. Stop drinking big gulps. Yeah, same shit. Yeah. Yeah, but you gave me a big gulp necklace with diamonds on it. That was 10 years after. That was 10 years after the fact. But then you said, here you go. Here's a gift. I enabled you. Don't, don't do this. I enabled you. You like gave me a pack of cigarettes mm. and said, please don't smoke. My pet peeve about you is like when I say, babe, we're going to watch this Netflix show. We're going to start binging on this. So get ready. Episode one, I made popcorn. I make the best fucking popcorn. If you know me, you're my friend. I make the best popcorn. And then I wait for you. Okay, I'll be there one second. And then you're like walking all through the house. All the all lights are on. You're checking things. Then you start cleaning the floor. Then you start going through files. Because when I see something, if I'm sitting here, if the sun is shining on like Stella's dog you hair, see a speckle? I'll start cleaning. But babe, my pet peeve is like when I want to sit down and watch a show, you're not ready and just I'll be right there, you're never there. It's like That's your pet peeve. That's a little thing, right? You're not ready for the shows in the couch. It's dumb. pretty bad. Yeah, mine is fucking drawers, like the bedroom drawers. That's annoying though. Yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean it's just trust. I would say this is what it is, ladies and gentlemen. Trust, communication, and be funny. Make her laugh still. Happy wife, happy life. Um Have a good penis. <laughs> Thanks, babe. Um yeah, I guess, well, I guess we're going to end it on that note. Um, I have a good penis, though. That's cute. Thanks, babe. Oh, God. All right, so this has been the Toby and Moon episode. Um, you have a beautiful butt, by the way, Mom, and the whole world saw on Instagram a couple weeks ago. So, Let me tell you about that. All right, tell me. Okay, first of all, I post a po- photo of my own butt. Naked, though. So what? So me and Max woke up one morning. And we uh, saw listen, no, no. I woke up. To you guys standing over me like it was in a movie, like of the dead person, like, and Max goes, Mama, are you on drugs? I was like, What the hell? He goes, Why did you do that? And you both were giving me so much shit about mm. posting my butt. But my point is, we have friends yep. that post pictures of themselves all, all day the long. I know, I know, half naked, I know. And I then know. they'll go, Look at my sweater. Yeah, but it's yeah, a picture yeah. of their tits. Okay, okay. And my point is, and they go, Oh, I didn't know. My point is, I posted a picture of my butt. I thought it was funny. And you guys lost your shit. Yeah. So it I was took a na- it down. It was a naked ass. And so that kind of freaked us but out. But I took it down because Max said his friends, some of his friends followed me. So and they liked that, your butt. I kind of got that. Like, okay, that's fair. We don't want like Moon the mom from Larchmont yeah. posting her bare ass. Yeah. I, and I did it to be funny. Yeah. But fast forward, you post a picture of my butt recently. Yeah. I got 650 <laughs> friend requests ah, on Instagram. You that fucking is creeps. disturbing. But this That's is the creepy, worst part. Babe. This is worse. And it wasn't both just guys. Yeah, it was guys and girls. Yeah. So that makes That's me cool. feel a little bit better. Yeah, You have a great butt, though. But then You're two blessed. weeks later, 
you posted like five pictures of me, one with Robert Smith, one with mm, yeah, yeah. Mike Mirror, one with Keith Morris. And I got like 60 friend requests, 60 or ah. 70. Like, Let's that's get some a naked pictures of Robert Smith. Naked so picture of Robert I Smith. understand yeah. why people do that whole like, here's it's, my boobie. Yeah, it's crazy, man. It's totally disturbing. Yeah, it is disturbing. 650. But reality is you have a great butt. Where do you think they came from? My mom. Cool. That's too much information. But yeah, I have a great booty. Um, Yeah. I guess that's pretty much it. Oh, that's so what we're gonna end it on. Not no, your no, penis, no. but my no, booty. No, so we made a deal years ago about not getting my knuckles and my hands tattooed. We ha- we made a financial deal, me and you, that I have so much certain mo- money in the bank, which I've had several and you times. Never ever kept your end of it. But uh, yeah, and I had that money several times and never put it in the right account. Long story short, a couple weeks ago, I was sitting at the table. Me and my son hate fucking mushrooms, and Moon sitting there with a thing of kimchi and shiitake mushrooms look like fucking snail guts and she says hey check it out you eat all these fucking mushrooms you can get your knuckles tattooed finally i was like are you fucking serious so, so I, he cut them up into more pieces yeah, it was like nine i made him like fucking double that you made it way more than it needed to and be. so we sat there on ig live and i fucking ate every mushroom but i didn't chew it i just swallowed them whole like a pill ate you all the made kimchi it so much longer than it needed to be ate all the kimchi and after that now I can get my knuckles tattooed. You know what? I tried drawing on my knuckles for a whole week. I don't even know what I want. I kind of have the top of my hands. I don't know what I want, but I, I've been getting tattooed since 1988. I finally... There's fi- no room left. She finally says I'm allowed to get tattooed on my hands because of this mushroom thing, and now I don't even know what I fucking want, so... And the funny thing is that it's been this big joke, like I'm done being tattooed, or Moon won't let me... It's not Moon that we have a deal I about know, my hands. but my point is, I never gave a fuck. Baby, really did. It's just the point of what you said you'd do. And you never did it. And you always told me to slow down my tattoos. And you never did that either. From Jump, from Chris Garver tattooing at Fun City, like, slow down, slow down. And and every time we'd go to Jinx Proof, it'd be like, wow, I got six tattoos. <laughs> and I'd be like, you're going to have no room left. It's true. Oh, no, no, no. I got plenty it's of true. time. Now you have, like, three quarters of an inch left Would you in be your whole body. Could I get a, um, half, like a outline of a half moon on the head of my penis? Would that be weird? <laughs> Would that be weird if I got my penis tattooed? That's all that's left. I know, but would you, you just said it was cute, so I don't want to fuck it up. Well, it really rough. You got a half moon? What's that? I can mean because it's not big enough for a full moon. Wow, that's fucked up. Come on. I could do a full moon in your butt if I wanted to too. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, shout out to the big gulp community, all the Seven Elevens across the whole entire country. Probably met my wife a million times in there. She's pissed in these things acro- around the country. Um. Yeah, man. Anything you want to plug, Moon? <laughs> yeah. I got I got some music plug your coming butt. up. What? No. I'm no pl- plugs. Uh, I'm going to plug my butt because I've been on juice cleanse for five days. I like that. I'm going to plug our taco truck cart. Coming out. Veg no. out. Hamburgers and hot dogs. Oh, shit, girl. What's up? Veg out in the truck. And you can follow Max Maker, M-A-X underscore Maker. And where'd you get your name from? Who gave you that name? A rapper. What's his name? You know what? Let True me just story. say this Facts. real quick. I actually have a big pet peeve. Set it off, girl. The last 10 years. Set it off, I girl. I have become Max's mother and Toby's wife. And mm. I've always had a problem with that. I know, baby. I know. And it's then, not my fault. I don't call you that. But in people's defense... When Vic was talking about chicks talking up front. Talking to my girl. When Vic was talking about chicks up front, and I I said something about that, like, you know, I've become, yeah. I'll go to a restaurant, order food, and they'll say, well, put it under Max's name. I thought, then have Max pay for it. And he's like, age six. <laughs> I thought, if you don't know my name, and you're going to call me Max's mom or Toby's wife, then let them pay for it True. or whatever. It's always been but, like, I'm sorry, babe. But, 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 what's my Instagram name? Max, Max maker. maker. So 
you know, hey, I set myself up for that one. Factual story. Who told you you should call your Instagram that? The game. Shout out to the game. The rapper. We're hanging out with him. He's like, when we was talking about getting Instagram, he's like, yo, you should put Max Maker and he names he names your Instagram. Nobody ever believed Every that. Every time we saw years. him at the at Runyon, he'd be like, yo, what's up, Max Maker? Yeah, super good dude. Maybe he has on his TV show. Jumping that in the bounces, that insane. was awesome. His TV show, I forget what it was, I forget what it was called on, on BET, on his show. A party with all, it was like you walked in and you were stoned from all the so weed. So much weed. It was fun, though. And it we was jumped a in the bounce house. And it was a bunch <laughs> Grown of like men. gang awesome. people there yeah, jumping, but like looking at us like, who the fuck are it, you it crazy was cool. people? It was cool, though, man. It was a good vibe there. That was fun. We had some crazy life, but I had crazy experiences, man. Right, Mama? Yes. Um... So yeah, I think we covered a lot, babe, our whole entire lives. I'm sure we're going to get some questions. Check this out. We want to do a part two, and this is going to come out soon. So if you have any questions you want to ask us, I'm actually going to post about this. When I post this Monday, you can hit us up. We'll do a part two of all your questions of me and Moon. Because I think we covered a lot about our story. Then we can do like this, question, answer. Yeah. So this episode. Instead of talk, talk. Let's call this part one of Toby and Moon. I'm going to call this part one. And any questions you have, get us to them the day this comes out, which is going to be coming out on Monday. We'll get it out then. You can hit me up and we'll answer all those questions for the following Monday to do a part two. How do you like that, Mama? Look at your thing. Moon's arrested roller skating fights. I know. That's psychotic. No, it is. It's all your shit in there. Like pregnant boxcar racer, Tora, Jenny Strick, <laughs> John Joseph. Where's this girl now? You uh, always mention Shelly Shackley, I don't know. but you don't Who mention knows? her. Who knows? She came to one of your shows. Yeah. Who knows? But uh, we're going to do a part two. Just hit me with all the questions. I had sex with five women my entire life. Moon had sex with 500 people. 555. Um, I had a weird thing about having sex with women after I got cheated on. I don't have sex. I do everything else to them and not have sex. That's was, so stupid. It was so fucking weird. I don't know why I was like that. Um, I was a giver. I'm, I've always been a giver. Right, Mama? Come on. Love you, babe. Um, God bless everybody listening. I why I say that? Hope you guys have a great evening, and we're going to get back to you part two next week. Hit me all the questions. Goodbye. Love you, Mama. See you later. Bye. You're so cool. Hey, we're back, you guys. We went and got massages. Sorry to the listeners because last week I said – the next season is NYHC Family Tree. But I interviewed 20 people. I still have four more to go. And my man, Joe Bajan, has been going through all of them, checking the edits, checking, just checking all the each episode. So it's going to take a little while. So instead of going from 1988 to 1994, I want to just jump in with my wife. Um, and we were going to do a part two, but fuck it. We're just going to keep talking because we've got a couple more things after we got massages. So, Mama, one thing, a couple things we didn't, we didn't talk about earlier, too, is that you had this crazy station wagon in Manhattan and you could double park it. That was pretty amazing. Then you raffled it off. What, what what made you do that? Double park. You mean parallel park? Yeah. So what made you fucking... And how'd you get rid of that with a raffle? I bought a car because I had a store in Ludlow and I needed to shop. Let's hear about your store in Ludlow. It was a vintage store before vintage was cool. Was it? Oh, not really. It was whatever. So what was your vintage store called? Charm City. And it was on Ludlow Street. What year was that? 94? And so you take the station wagon all around the tri-state area and go shopping? Yeah, and go shopping. That's awesome. Philly, New Jersey. Yeah. Not necessarily connect. Whatever. Just around, whatever, shopping. And then then eBay started. Oh. And I was doing also the flea markets with yeah. the car. And then I thought, why don't I have to have a store? Yeah. Because it was with two girls that were like a little bit like I was in the middle. Yeah. Keeping them from fighting all the time. And I was like, I just do the flea market. Yeah. And then I started doing eBay. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I could get rid of the car. So then I raffled the car off. And who won it? 
somebody. And how much? How much it cost for that? It was a dollar a ticket. Yeah. And the person who won, when I called to say, "Hey, you won this car," he was so drunk when he bought the tickets, he didn't remember oh buying. Oh he won a station wagon. But then said, "What is it? What's the charity go to?" Oh. And knew like you know you can't do a raffle and just put money in your pocket. Totally. Which I did. Yeah. So I hung up on him. <laughs> how much money did you make on <laughs> the car? And I picked another one. I think I was even Steven. I bought the car for like $700. Oh, that's awesome. Had it for a couple yeah. of years and then, you know, did a raffle. Yeah. And I think I made 700 tickets. That's awesome. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about either was Jersey City. We used to always take your food. So what did you do? Um, I was vegan and had to go into the city. It was always like a big hassle to go get food. Yeah. And you, Todd Friend... Your brother, Jerry. Whereabouts live there, yeah. We're just vegetarian. Mm -hmm. And anytime I'd go to get whatever it was I wanted, it'd be gone. Yeah. And so I used to take your food and just throw it right in the garbage can. Thank you. Pissed. And it was always like, lima beans. Who the fuck eats lima Todd beans? Todd Friend. I was so pissed. I would always just throw it out. Okay. One day, I went into the fridge. Something, my, you know, blueberry ice cream's missing. So I got a milk crate. And locked it up. She had a padlock and the milk crate in the refrigerator, our own refrigerator. She separ <laughs> she separated like you know the different heights it could be, and she put it, shoved it in there and put all the food in a padlock just so we couldn't get her food. And then that I was remember so slick, babe. You, I think it was you that opened the refrigerator and saw it, and your eyes almost popped out. And I was like, "Yep, now you can get another fucking job." So you have to go buy your own food. That's amazing. Yeah, that, um, that was funny. Um, I was going to tell you. Also, we skipped the part where you moved to Seattle. No, that was kind of the part of like, I'm going to get married. Yeah, but I knew you actually went to Seattle. Yeah, that wasn't the greatest time. We used to hang out at Eddie Vedder's house. And you went through Eddie Vedder's records. He saw I had a chain of strain seven inch. Is that true? Facts. Wow. And, it's, and it was cool hanging out with him. He was a nice dude. Yes. Cool hanging out with his crib. Kind of funny is that the guy I was supposed to marry used to say to me, you know, you like Toby. And then when I would go there, I'd say to him, you like Beth. Oh, his wife. I ended up marrying you. He ended up marrying his best friend. Best so friends. Was, yeah. Yeah. It was, his, wow. it was his best friend. That's crazy, man. Yeah, it's so funny he how ended this up works. getting with her wow. after. So I kind of felt bad talking about it. And then I'm like, hey, I don't feel bad. He got with his best friend. Mm -hmm. Did you like Seattle? No, it was terrible. Yeah, it was raining all the time and depressing. It was really beautiful after I went back. But mm. when I was there, like, I was by myself in this house. Like, it was cold. And yeah. Always rainy it, there and it, shit. Yeah, it rained, I think, every single day. Um, what was going to tell you, babe, is that... Oh, yeah, I feel like opposites attract. Because you like... You know, we both like punk rock, but you like lots of oil. You, lots of, you like rockabilly. You like um, blues. And I was like just hip-hop, punk rock, hardcore. And... um. I remember you took me to a bunch of shows like Zoot Suit Riot shows and <laughs> we Royal, never went to that Royal Crown Review and Big Sandy and freaking uh, Bauhaus and all this crazy stuff. Babe. Bratmobile. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All, all like the Bikini Kill and all that stuff. You turned yeah. me on to L7, all that stuff. Um, you opened my mind to that stuff because I really was really into that. But I remember being so bored at some of those shows, babe. I took them for the team. Yeah, I remember you, oh, you falling asleep. Why is your shirt open? <laughs> Boobs hanging out. <laughs> hey, what? baby. My it wife's just popped open. My wife's <laughs> boobs hanging out during this podcast. I don't know what the fuck's <laughs> happening. We're all by ourselves Saturday night. Um, we just got massages. Listen, um, you were spacing out at Mercury Lounge, I yeah, think. Yeah, because I got back from jet. I was jet lagged. He brought me to a fucking Zoot Suit Riot show. And the singer was like, yo, buddy, what's your problem? Oh, because I was like leaning up asleep. You like were junkie totally, sleep. yeah. Oh, my God. Um, 
But it's really true. The opposites do attract. I really believe in that. I mean, you drink big gulps. I drink green juices. You know, you have a big gulp right in front of you. So I'm just saying, like that's you know, you're fucking the chocolate bar while we're fucking doing the fucking pet podcast. Come on, babe. Are you serious? Yeah, I'm trying to do a good episode so people like it. So guys, we're all over the place on this podcast. Like I said, we'll be having the New York Hardcore uh, Family Tree one coming soon. That's like 25 interviews. But right now, we're dropping the Moon one. That's why we're talking to you guys right now on the Saturday night. One thing I always thought was cool that I put you on our seven inch cover, babe. Yeah, but it wasn't supposed to be me. It was supposed to be Eric's daughter, and then the baby mama got mad or something and pulled the kid at the last minute and okay, said, like, okay. you can't do it. And then I said, I'll do it. Yeah, it was great, though. Like, yeah. So, like, I mean, it wasn't like you did it. Like, I mean, oh, I'm going to. It wasn't planned that way. Yeah, it was but, just like a fluke. But, like, from the jump, though, I was like, yo, this is my, this is my lady. So, I've, I've been, like, with a woman the whole entire been in the band, which is pretty amazing, mama. Not not give myself a shit in the back, but and no and no girls ever disrespected. Everybody knew who you were. They respected you. No ever, girl ever crossed the line. You have been married that's the whole time. That's not true. People grabbed your doinger when you were on stage. Yeah, but that's they're not they're not they're they're fans in the crowd in other countries where they did that to me. It wasn't like a girl to show, hey baby, here's my number. It wasn't like that. I'm saying, but people like in the scene I always knew. I would love to see how you react to that. That but, would be actually kind of. Oh, funny. and I hate strip clubs. And my wife took me to a strip club once. I hated it so. March. He put his hand in the girl's face and and like yelled, "I'm married." Yeah, I was. Which up, was really, I felt bad for the girl. Yeah, but I didn't want to do lap dancing and stuff. I'm not. Really, I'm not into. I hate strip clubs. I just felt so bad for the girl. I was like, yeah. "That's okay." Yeah. Some people keep like their families private and stuff, and from jump, you on the seven. This is my lady, and then moving forward, so many songs about you, and then like obviously our families out here on social media. Um, we've always just like. I don't know. I was just let people know about my life, I guess. I was my open book, I guess, right? Mama? I I didn't think of it that way. Yeah, it's weird though. I thought of that just now. Um and then what's up with your with your big gulps addiction? Let's get, let's get into that. Like what do you think it is? Cuz I think it's like the process of going to the the 7-Eleven. Yeah, it's the whole thing. Getting your like drink from the fountain, getting your big cup, your ice. When I lived in New York, I didn't really drink pop that much because there wasn't 7-Elevens there. Mm. Right? Yeah. Towards the end, I'd get like a pop. Well, yeah. I mean, I'd drink it at the places I worked out of the gun. Yeah. But if I see a 7-Eleven, I'll like cut six streets to get over yeah. the hump to get yeah. into the 7-Eleven. Yeah. But if it's like a regular deli, I won't even bother. And is it true that most of the 7-Elevens in Los Angeles know who you are? Yes. I walked into the one today and it was the guy I used to tell Max it was his dad. Uh-huh. He's a little Indian man. Yeah. And... He, I don't know. He he's been all over the ones on Wilshire and yeah. you know six or seven, but I haven't seen him in a really long time. And I walked in, I go, "Oh my god, hi! Yeah. Oh, Max is gonna be so excited!" And the lady looked at me like I was nuts, and I said, "Oh, that's my baby daddy." Oh my god! And she goes, "Oh, so you're my sister-in-law? Because that's my brother." Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> and she's known me forever, yeah. so she's probably thinking. How do you know my brother? And some of the homeless guys, ones you have me give them clothes sometimes, they call you mama I, and they say you're I know all the people that hang out outside of 7-11s. all the 7-Elevens. They love you, baby. All over the neighborhood. And it's true. You find it. And every day my wife finds a dime. Let's talk about that. You find dimes everywhere you go, every single day. There's got to be something. Google that shit, people. There's something there was connected to that. One of my friends Googled it before. I don't know what it was. But yeah. every day I find at least a dime. It's not, weird. Not 10 pennies, but a dime. But sometimes you search it inside like... Where the sections of uh, candy bars are on the gum, right by the the front well, counter. Well, I mean, like I look go inside to Seven Eleven, can- so I go there. But, but like, you also find dimes outside, always. Always, like I found it at a hay rack ride in the hay. How like I was that? just walking and I saw a dime. So it's not like it's not like oh, I'm going to look for it at it at the 
in the phone booth. Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, there's a dime. Yeah. I don't know. So if I was going to ask you what your daily rituals were, that would be a big goal your daily ritual. Yeah. You consider yourself an optimist, uh, pessimist, or a realist? What I, are I'm you? not answering that. Yeah, you're, you're, you said you're a realist, babe. I used to say that like 20 years ago. But sometimes, does my, so sometimes my positivity make you angry? Yes. Sorry, babe. And you know what I think? What? You, out of everybody I know that's like, oh, I'm positive, you actually are pretty positive. Thanks, babe. Most people pretend I'm to be positive. positive. Thank you, mama. Well, I just want to get on your nerves sometimes because everything's, you know, I'm such a morning person. You're such a, you're not, I wake up early. I don't know when that happened, but. Morning sucks. Yeah, I mean, I, I wake up early, but Moon and Max will sleep to like 12 or 1 on the weekends. Um, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, but who knows what... You 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 take naps all the time. Not so much lately, but do, Mom, do you, have, do you have any regrets, babe? No. No regrets? Wow. No, because... Oh, it sounds so M- dumb. My biggest like, regret... Go ahead. I, I know what you're going to say. Yeah. I don't have regrets because... I was thinking about today. I wish I never left Chicago. Really? Yeah. Wow. Then you wouldn't have that ma- met me, babe. Exactly. Aww. So, therefore, I don't have any regrets. Okay. Come on. Give it up. What's so, your regret? So y- well, that's... What? Why you asked, like, you cared about what mine was. I do, babe. But you, you wish don't care. You just want to say your own. No, I won't even say mine, then. So, you have... I, I won't even say mine, then. But babe, I'm so you have one. I'm just gonna say this, but you didn't. You, you, you wish you never left Chicago. Wow, mm-hmm. would have been so. Life would have been so different, dude. How could you even say that? But you wouldn't have met me and had Max. Well, that's what I'm saying. That's my point. Like I think, like oh, I wish I could get a house there. Mm. My grandma's there. My mom's there. Yeah. But that's some hometown shit. Never leave your home. And shit. Every time I go to Chicago, how long does it take me to acclimate back? Long time. It's freezing there. It's Every time nuts. I go, yeah, I call Roman and he's like. You're bummed, huh? <laughs> what do you mean when you get like, there? Like when I'm at the airport, yeah. I'm like, oh, I don't want to leave. Oh, you don't. When you want to leave, fucking yeah, yeah. Um, and what do you think about if Max wants to pursue music? What do you mean? Like do it for a living and shit, like Daddy does. I mean, he already does. Does do music for a living? No, he already wants to. I know, so that's we're gonna. Su- I mean, we support anything Max wants to do, but. Well, I mean, what are we gonna do? Make him get a job at the grocery store? No. You don't have a job at the grocery store. No, it's interesting. But we would tell Max, you know, he just got to graduate, just got to pass, get get the grades, and get out. Because I was just like that in school. Did you like school, Mama? Or no. Yeah, I mean, I like. I was an only child. Yeah. Yeah. Back to what you were saying earlier about like how I got into punk. Yeah. I was an only child, and all the things that I was like, you know, single mom, low income, blah blah blah. Yeah. All these things didn't have any effect on why I got into punk, even yeah. though you'd think like, oh, that's Rebel what it is. your parents. Say, yeah, you loved like, your mom. Your mom was awesome. All the chicks up front girls, they all had mom and dads. Yeah. All my friends growing in grade school and in high school, yeah. they all had mom and dads, brothers and sisters. Yeah. I was the anomaly yeah. then. Yeah. And what was the question? You, 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 just, you just brought something up. I said earlier that about your exposure to punk and what made you go that, that I know, route. but yeah. what did you say that before that about, I was talking about regrets before you said you had no regrets. Mm. Um, I don't know. Obviously the tracks, um, nope. before, before that, Oh, Max wanted to pursue music. 
Yeah, it, something else though. I mean, it was about that, but yeah, I, I well, pursuing music, we'll be let Max do that now. He's not going to go work at the, uh, at the Seven Eleven. He's going to try to be a musician. We support anything he does, wants to do. And he's got to graduate. He's got to get grades. Oh get yeah, that's school. why about you liking school. Yeah, that's my point. Yeah, I've told Max this since kindergarten. You're an only child, and you have to go to school because you have to go to school. But totally. at the same time, like that's I liked it because it's like that's where my friends were. Mm-hmm. That's what my point was. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, you go to school. Your friends are there. Yeah. And I, I didn't hate it. I wasn't bad at it. I wasn't good at it. Yeah. But Max, in the sense, he's like me, where the, the stuff I really love, I focus on. The stuff I don't, I didn't. I was having some rough time in those classes. It's just, it's not about being smart. It's about just wanting to be there and, and paying attention, you know, and like enjoying it. Because th- that's the easiest time his life's going to be in school. No responsibilities. Just go to school every day. You know what I mean? Like no job. Yeah, you and just have to show up. Yeah. So we just told Max, you know what? Just, just, gra- just don't get no D's or F's. Just, just get C's, whatever. Just we want you to pass. I've said that graduate. since the beginning, and like teachers look at me like I have horns, thinking, yeah. "Wow, low standards." No. I'm like I, it's not about that. It's just like just don't be a dick. Yeah, Speak I, I'm not gonna be like to you be a have good kid. to get A's. I know, because my my mom wasn't like that to me. Was your mom like that? No, no. Just get out, enjoy it, and you know, while you're in school, only four years, you got two more years left. You know. But my mom's shocked. Like she's like, I never sat down and did homework with you. Like. There How wasn't do it, Max, all yeah. this homework. Yeah, like, so much homework. I mean, homework. we don't now, but like, because we can't do it now. It used to be, yeah. It's all online too. Chemistry. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? And the math is different too. They changed everything in the math. So, yeah, man, these are like the ups and downs and all the different directions and chapters of being parents and uh, trying to make it work. You know what? I'm gonna ask you. Why are you saying like? What are tips about? Because people always say like, "Oh, you guys, uh, relationship goals," and. And I'm over here being like negative Nancy, be like, you know, you could still cheat on me I or we could still get divorced. Why, Why'd you say I that? just think it's so weird. Like, why'd you say that? It hurt my feelings. <laughs> but people like, I don't know. I just think I don't think that people should have relationship goals on us. Why? I, I don't know. That's like pressure. Well, it's like their own relationships. They should work with their own relationships, but they can be inspired yeah, by us. Maybe. Be, but be, be inspired worry by, by yourself. Yeah, but that's not nice to say to listeners. I don't, I don't mean it like that. I just think, like, why are you saying, like, oh, what do you do? Or, you know. People ask know. advice all the time because we have a long marriage, baby. And it's not. It's kind of unheard of. you married, like, almost 24 years. Okay, that's And fair. come from the punk rock scene and being and being musician and traveling and everything we do. Okay, we have odds are against Odds are against, against us. us. Yeah, yeah 100%. Right. So it's like people want to know what's the key. And I think the key like I said before is laughter, communication, and trust, 100%. And um, going away. Yeah, me going away and coming back. So what happens when the band stops someday and I don't go on tour? You're going to leave me here? Yes. <laughs> so that's the end of it. So in order to keep the marriage alive, we're going <laughs> to yes. keep playing shows you and keep touring. You have to play touring. till you're 70. Fuck, I don't want to keep going that long. Um, that's funny, though. I mean, think about that. When the shit's over and shit, it's crazy. Yeah. When Max moves out in a couple years. Think about it like this, though. When you started a band, can you imagine... The guys in Coxbar are, are all in their 60s. They kill it. I love them so much. Shout out to Coxbar. How Bar. insane is that? And they still kill it. I mean, look at Rolling Stones, too. I mean, that's a different genre. Yeah, but, but it's totally different. Yeah. I mean, 25, year, 25 years later, and we met two years before I even had a band. It's pretty amazing, Mama. Mm-hmm. I was a shoe salesman. I was terrible, but whatever. She sold some shoes. And Madonna was there once, I think. Did she go to my store? I think she went to the store once. I have no idea. Or maybe her stylist came in there. Uh, I feel like we're rambling, so. 
I, I think we're going to keep continuing this when Max gets home. We're going to pause it and come back to this later and get Max on, on the podcast. He's not even born yet. Let's not talk wh- to him yet. No, we have to talk to him now because we, already, we mentioned he already had him already. But I, I want to say that. I remember when Max was born as a doctor, her hands, she had the gloves uncovered in blood. She threw up the west side to me and I have a picture of it. Are you serious? Yeah. And you wouldn't let me come. Oh, yeah. When we was having a baby, I, I'm not let go where her legs are open. I'd, I'd stand behind her. She didn't want me to see all that shit coming out, no pun intended. So I stood behind you. Like, yeah, but you almost fainted. I did? Yeah. I didn't know anyway. that. Anyway. I didn't know I almost fainted. I was so emotional. I was fucking wrecked, dude. I know, but it I think so it was emotional, like baby. so much blood. Yeah, I wanted a boy, too. I didn't want a girl. Sorry, ladies. I was so worried about having a girl. I wanted a boy, and it just fucking happened. It was so awesome. And I got my, I get, and the moon sent me to get my, oh yeah, my wife told me, get my wife sent me to get my Johnson snipped. <laughs> um, I got a vasectomy. <laughs> and uh, th- shout out to Dr. Sachs in Beverly there's Hills. A do- there's an appointment for you at 11 o'clock. Show up and be surprised. No, so I went to go get a vasectomy and moon came with me. That was the funniest and thing And I was ever. laying on a cold table with no headphones on, no pillow. And, and it sounded like this. Yeah, and so like you can't really feel anything. <laughs> they put a needle into your, into your scrotum. And then snip it, and there's a tray of scissors. Like, why do they so need 28 pairs and of scissors? Like a, there's like a pop, like that, and you film like tighten it up. And I looked up, and Moon's filming and laughing, and this fucking smoke coming from my penis because it was like they solder it because they solder it. So it's like the smoke coming off it. And this doctor's like, "Who the fuck so is this great. lady?" And that's my wife. She's like filming in here <laughs> laughing at me while I'm getting my ding dong soldered. That was great. It was crazy, man. And then, not to get too graphic, but I definitely have super sperm, straight edge sperm because. Unlike other people, the first time in this guy's history doing these things in like 30 years, it took almost a year. He said that he did like 30 a, a day, right? Isn't that true? I don't know about that. He said that. he did like so many. And it and took so long. And it took like 11 months or something. You had had two surgeries planned again. Yeah, they were going to have to recut me open and do it again because he thought the first time ever it didn't work. Because, but my sperm, my straight-A sperm, I should have saved it and froze it. And sold it to people because it was so potent. Because we did it one time to try to make a baby and it happened. I always set, told it's Sandra crazy, I would man. give you, give her your sperm. I should have did that. And it was so powerful that it took almost a year for me to get it, it <laughs> to get it out. Like, get all the stuff out because it was still working. The nurse it was said, crazy. I don't mean to be rude, but are you getting it out? Yeah, and I was, man. It was crazy. That, that got a little graphic right here. Sorry, guys. But I did get a vasectomy and I can't make babies anymore, but. I'm glad we got one Rama, right, Mama? One and done. One and done. China roll. You ever thought about after that, like we should have had more? No. I always wanted a boy and a girl. Yeah, me too. But Everybody I wanted twins, that. boy and girl, get mm. it done with. And then after having Max and knowing how like we've taken them all over the place, yeah. I don't think we could have done it with two. Yeah. That I'm glad we only did one. Do you think every day is a challenge being a parent at this point, even at 16 years old? Every day is a new thing, or no? No. Yeah. I I, I don't know. Different I think chapters. a lot of people say kids are expensive and it's this and that. No, nah, man. I, and like you said, you put, a, put them on our schedule. Yeah. Sorry, mom. Sorry, Linda. Yeah. Talk shit about us. But, but he he goes to our schedule. Yeah. And you, and, you, and people out there, if you want to have kids, you can never be mentally or physically or Monetarily financially. never. Financially prepared for it. If you're in love, just make a baby. Just make the baby and deal with it. Because you'll never have enough money to yeah. either what? Anything. Yeah. You'll never have planned out correctly. Just If you love each other, just make the baby and then... You, you take it from there. Don't ever try to be so organized or strategic and all that stuff and the cycle and all that stuff. Just do it and just, that's it, man. That's, that's my advice, right, Moon? Yeah. And then just raise that's that true. baby with compassion because everything starts in the home. And, uh, you know, like my mom said in the original po- podcast, she was raised in a racist household. That's why she raised her kids to be kind and not see color. And it yeah, all happens in the terrible. home. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, so, yeah, man. 
This is me and Moon. We're, we're probably going to pause it and come back because it's Saturday night and Not we're me. chilling. And we did a massage and we're chilling. So we get, I'm going to get Max on here and talk about some more stuff soon. And this will be like a part one and part two. And then we'll do the New York one after that. It's my podcast. Do the fuck I want. Sorry. Um, you know what I mean, babe? Yes. But like I said, if you guys have any questions for me and Moon, you can DM me and stuff like that after these episodes air. But I think we covered everything. Mom, I have my list. Anything else you thought about where we get massages that we might have missed? Seriously. Anything, babe. I'm trying to think, man. Didn't you Possibly. write it down? I wrote it down, but I think we got all the stuff over here. And Yeah. I mean, it's pretty pretty much covered everything. But, uh, yeah. Is there any music I turned you on to? Because you turned me on to a lot of stuff. No, but. Damn. Since you like rap. Yeah. And I don't. Yeah. I mean, pre, what, 88 or whatever. Yeah. You were on tour. It was like the one tour. I think you were in Europe. And yeah. What's his name? Eni Kamozi. Ani Kamozi. I'm the lyrical gangster that, murderer. That they were playing I'm the lyrical gangster murderer. Webster Hall. Uh-huh. And I remember saying, hey, you like this song? And you're like, how do you? that that's right but you get you get you get more clued into hip-hop by working those plays anyway yeah but toby the wu-tang's playing tonight. toby man. brand new being playing tonight yeah m-e-t-h-o-d and man. i remember for like the, i heard that song seven times a night at the palladium Damn. and i'm like what is he spelling <laughs> i had no idea and then the wu-tang play there but so. yeah that's not that's yeah, you came on we used to come on with all that stuff and like you knew, you knew hip-hop mm-hmm. yeah and i knew it but i just was like i i just saw the people as Pure idiots. Yeah, you so signed I off. Didn't it, like it for that reason. You signed off after Grandmaster Flash. Yeah. And fucking the, the uh, second run DMC. African Bambata run DMC. Yeah, it was last. It was yeah, over. Yeah, that was like that. all right. I'm done. No mum brat for you. No. But you work at the barracks, which is a cool place, a skate skate park, and sometimes you what get. What does that have to do with mumble rap? Because you get like rappers come in there and skate and stuff. Yeah, but it's the coworkers that are under thirty age that like it. Mm, That's interesting. How I know gotcha, about that. babe. Yeah, because I went and saw Rich the Kid there with you. That was really interesting. Remember? That was so fun. But Little Wayne comes there with skates. That's cool. Yep. Some when I poppers. show up to work and it smells like pot, I know Little Wayne was there. He's the only one allowed to smoke pot in there pretty much, probably. Yes. All right. We're going to take a pause. We'll be back, ladies and gentlemen. We're gonna take it. I think now we're going to do next. I'm watching my wife See eat some. See you next Tuesday. Eat some wife eat some chocolate right now, and we're going to chill and watch some. I don't some. like chocolate. Well, whatever the chocolate covered thing you're eating right now. What is it? It's a nutty butter. I'm going to eat some old school Little <laughs> Debbie nutty butters. <laughs> right, Mama? Yeah. Um, okay, thanks for listening. Cents in the deli. I hope we covered everything you guys wanted to hear, guys. Um, yeah, my wife played bass in H202 a couple times. Fact. What show is that? Your pink bass. You loaned Adam Blake for his first show. He rocked your pink bass at the PWAC. But you play bass with H202 at the Wetlands, correct? Wetlands, yeah. Sick. My love is real. Much love, people. Look her up. Moon Morris, Max Maker. We'll be back soon. Bye. Love you. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe. If you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast, please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to the next one.